The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And today is January 21st, 2024. And here are the topics that we'll be discussing in this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Less than one week before the Iowa caucus, the man who's poised to win the Republican nomination sat in court while his lawyers attempted a last-minute effort to get the ex-president's criminal charges thrown out on immunity grounds. On Sunday, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis defended her appointment of special prosecutor Nathan Wade for her election interference case against former President Donald Trump. This morning, the incumbent Republican senator may have a fight on his hands if he wants to hold on to a seat next year. With backlash from San Jose City officials after racist text messages emerged involving one of their now former officers. In a statement Friday, San Jose Police Chief Anthony Mata said his department's internal affairs unit was investigating Mark McNamara for another incident when they discovered the messages. Online radio at its best. Father, in the name of Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, I arise to establish my legal right and dominion over this region and over every territory which you have given me jurisdictional authority. According to Daniel 9 and 4, you are the only great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love you and to them that keep your commandments. I appeal to the God who said in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 to 16, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence amongst my people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. I will hear their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto their prayer that is made in to this place, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be perpetually there. I declare that this place is sanctified. I present my body as a living sacrifice by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, my Savior and Redeemer. Make these prayers holy and acceptable unto you. I confess my sins and the sins of our fathers. Let grace and mercy prevail over us. I declare I have a free passage for my prayers to ascend into the realm of the supernatural and will not be earthbound. I come into agreement with the supreme good of heaven. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Therefore, war from this plane and realm. I declare that the anointing of God breaks every yoke, open every portal, and assign angels to reinforce me as I advance into new levels, new dimensions, new realms and territories. Let there be a breakthrough in the heavens. I tap into apostolic and prophetic veins. I shatter glass ceilings. I smash spiritual bars and iron membranes.
praise. I declare a breakthrough atmosphere is established. I recalibrate the spiritual climate and decree that every bit of lukewarmness must be replaced with the fire and the zeal of God. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our call in number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rouse Show with Justin Henry Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And best, of course, I'm J. Rouse. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And of course, I'm never here by myself. And excuse my raspy voice. Uh, I've been yelling at my daughter's basketball games and it's starting to catch up with me. But nevertheless, I'm here with my big sis, Miss Vanessa May Belly and the Macinelli, and my homeboy, Mr. L to the E to the S, my brother from another mother there in the house as well. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Les. Good everybody. Good morning. Glad to be here. Glad that you are in the house. And I'm smooches for you for that wine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Elias, the man who gets the first and last word here in, in the uh, on the show, is uh, in the house as well. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And good morning, Nessun. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Good morning, Good morning, Mama B. Good morning, Mary the Music. Good morning, my brother Hawkman. Good morning, my brother Jerome. Good morning to you, brother. As always, the number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Is our calling number. You can be a part of it, or you can participate via uh, social media. Just find a social media site and chime in. We appreciate you as well. Not sure what that noise is, but uh, hopefully we can get it squared away. All right. You know what time it is. Uh, this is the portion of the show where we kind of rap and clap and talk about things. Speaking of Johnny D, you know what? I can't promise you anything, but I think Johnny D may be back in the place to be soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we had a long conversation uh, earlier this week, and it looks like he may be making his way back, uh, making his way downtown, making his way back here. It'll be a beautiful thing. But you know what we do? We kind of wrap and clap at the beginning of the show of things that we're not going to talk about during the course of the show. And, man, we have a lot to talk about. First of all, let's talk about Tim Scott. Tim Scott got on the stage in South Carolina and pushed and took at his big soup-cooling lips and kissed the white ass of Donald Trump. He is pathetic. Mr. Elias, man, this guy, you know, talk about a straight-up Oreo cookie. You got one. And Tim Scott, I thought he was an announcer on Price is Right. What say you? Well, after watching uh, him in New Hampshire last night, those people from South Carolina that get up on the stage to – uh, I think you're right. It was in New Hampshire. Yeah, you're right. He, he came yeah, to yeah. Uh, New Hampshire. You're right. Thank you for correcting that. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just watching them last night kiss Donald Trump's butt. It was just, it was like, like when they were talking about how they, they, they vacated the, uh, uh, wherever. Roe v. Wade. No, no, we vacated, uh, uh, Iraq. When we vacated Iraq, and, and Trump said, somebody should have been fired for that. Yeah, yeah, well, because that was your plan to get up out of there. Joe Biden didn't do anything but, but follow your wish. And he's talking about, did you see the way they did that? Yeah, that was you. Not Iraq. You're talking, about, you're, you're talking about 
You're talking about Pakistan or Afghanistan, right? When the people were hanging on the plane. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 That was that was his plan to get us out of there. That wasn't that wasn't Biden. That was that was Trump's plan. He's like, somebody should have been fired for that. They did fight. They fired your ass for it. So mm. yeah, I watched that last night, and my God, it, it was just it was ridiculous, man. It was the whole thing of the way they kiss his butt, man. It, it, and, you know, and he just sits back yeah. and smirk on his face like I'm the greatest yeah. thing since sliced bread. And a little a little believe. to the left, a little to the mm-hmm. left. <laughs> That's the look he has. People don't believe that if this man gets back in office, that we're that they're going to get rid of uh, that they're, they're going to try and get rid of the uh, the Roosevelt rule. They're going to try and get rid of all the stuff that they did so this man can become a, a dictator. And you, you yeah. sit there, I hear you sit somewhere. Oh, impossible. He's just talking. No, he ain't. No, he's not. <laughs> and, and and if you listen to his supporters, his supporters are saying and say, "Oh, we need a dictator. We need a dictator." What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Are you calling yourself a patriot? Come on. It's a sad state of affairs. Vanessa, over 100 senators have, have endorsed uh, uh, Trump. And so, you know, once again, like Mr. Elias is saying, this is crazy. What say you? You know, I, I knew that the black guy got up there and was kissing butt. I didn't listen to it. The first words out of my mouth were, there's always a black person that they put in the front, like they speak for all of us, like those two black women. If they're going to have on the bus ride and stuff for him, they don't speak for me. And I don't sit there and listen to the crap of what they're saying. So when Mm -hmm. Mr. H over here, when Bobby was sitting up here going, look at that fool, I just looked, rolled my eyes, pushed my lips and walked out the room. I didn't mm. even listen to the ass. I mean, I'm kissing. I just, I don't understand why people of our color, of of the brown skin period, of any anything that's not white, why do y'all want Trump in office? Because if you're not pure white, him and his cronies don't care anything about you. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and it's interesting you say that because I, I don't have any problems if a person wants to support the Republican policies, but there comes a time in American history where you have to stand up for what's right. I've heard so many conservatives say, look, I am not a fan of the Democrats' policies, but I am not, and I repeat, I am not voting for Donald Trump. I am going to vote for Joe Biden because it's country first. At some point, we got to get rid of this cancer, and then we can get back to debating, you know, the right and the left. Hey, listen, you believe what you believe. I don't have a problem with that. If you believe in cutting taxes for the rich, that's your business. What I have a problem with is when you when you vote for someone that you know who is a racist, who don't give two cents about you, and don't give a damn about women, if you vote for that, then something is really, really wrong with you. Especially with most Republicans, believe in Roe v. Wade, but still they vote for this fool. And evangelicals, they're supposed to be the Christian arm, and this is the guy who talked about grabbing women by the coochies. And I guess that's okay. This is the guy who had affairs on his wife while she was pregnant. But I guess that's okay. This is the guy who slept with porn stars. But I guess that's okay. Whatever. 
All right, moving along. All right, Secretary Austin, but big thing coming out with Secretary Austin. Okay, if you don't know the story by now, uh, listen, he had a prostate cancer uh, procedure. There was some, uh, he had some issues with the surgery that happened. There was some uh, uh, issues with that. Uh, he went to the hospital. He was in intensive care, and no one told the White House. Now, listen, I'm a big fan of the Secretary of Defense, but I'm here to tell you, that's not the right way of doing business. He is fourth in line for the presidency, I think. And for him, I'm sorry, he may not be fourth, but he is in the presidential chain of secession. And for him not to let them know, the White House know, what his status is, uh, mm, you know, we have to call a spade a spade. What say you, Mr. Elias? I thought it was, I thought it was, boy, you know, hey, man, if, I, if I'm off, come off work, even at my regular, when I was working, I had to let them know mm-hmm. that I was going to be in the hospital. So, you you, you know, that that was bull. That was, that, you got to call it, 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 that was bull. They should have never done anything of that nature. But the bottom line is he should have put put the, put everything, the proper procedures in place and let everybody know what was going on. And I know your medical, your medical, according to HIPAA, you know, you got privacy. I get that. But you, uh, in succession, to not be at work. Oh, you need to let people know what's going on with you. It's a simple rule. I don't understand. I don't understand why he did what he did, but it's what it is. Look at Mr. Elias pulling out HR words, HIPAA. What do you know about HIPAA? Look at this man. Love, Vanessa, uh, listen, I agree with him. Uh, once again, you're in the succession for the presidency of the United States, but here's the question, and here's the fundamental question. It's a private affair. They replayed the 911 call where someone called and asked for an ambulance to come pick up the Secretary of Defense at his home, and they said, don't turn the lights on, you know. So they were trying to be discreet about this whole thing. Um, once again, not the right way to handle it. Let me ask you this. But, should but, he, but I should he, well, let me ask the question. You can say what you want to say. No, but you should can say, he, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, well, let me finish. Should he be replaced or should he resign? There you go. Neither one. Neither one. Okay. Let's take Tapper. Okay. I do agree with not coming into the neighborhood with lights and sirens and stuff. I agree with that. But as soon as they got him out of that neighborhood, somebody should have been calling Joe Biden's assistant, the White House, whatever, to let them know that he was on his way to the hospital. That is not cool, not professional, to not let your boss know where you are, especially when you work for the United States. You work for the people. And you should have at least let your Biden know where you were. I do not believe that he should be fired. I do not believe that he should step down. Mistakes happen. He did it the wrong way. He, everybody deserves a second chance with stuff. That's not offendable enough to me uh, to fire him. Because there is privacy laws in effect. So that everybody named Mama ain't got to know the command in the hospital. He just didn't make that phone call to his boss. So, no, I don't think he should be fired. Reprimanded is one thing, but fired is another. I don't think he should be fired. Okay, so now I'm pretty sure there's some Republicans out there who is listen, who are listening to this show, and they're saying, uh huh. I wonder, I wonder if this, if the wheels were turned, would you be saying the exact same thing? And so I pose that question to you two both. 
are we being hypocritical here? Because I'm pretty sure someone would have done this in in the Trump administration. Would we be like, oh, well, mistakes happen, and you know, he should have come on. Would we have been saying, you know, what this is far for the course of this administration? Look, let, let's just be honest. Let's be, and nothing happened to them. Right. They do Thank you, Vanessa. That's exactly what them. I was going to say. Also, so two wrongs make a right. No, no. You're damn right. Mm-hmm. So when they go low, I'm going to go lower. You're damn right. No. You're damn right. No. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. You're damn right. Think about it. You got Republican Jay. You talking about what? firing that man because he didn't tell Biden? I didn't say no, 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 no. I didn't say I didn't say that. Don't put those words in my mouth. I said okay, I'm well, pretty, pretty I'm playing devil's advocate. So hold on. Oh, there okay. you go. Okay. So so hold on. You got the Supreme okay. Court. This let's go follow with me. The Supreme Court. Who somebody's paying for that black man's mama to live in a house. That this other man <laughs> Billion dollar trips on people's yachts and living. They listen. Ain't I hear you. To them. I'm with you. Because I'm with you. Because they already earned. Well, okay. All right. Hey, listen. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Last story before we get out of here. We have about 30 seconds. Uh, listen. The musical, The Color Purple. Okay. Now, a lot of people think it's a retake or it's a remake of the original movie. It's not a remake. It's a reimagined version. It's based off the musical. Uh, $90 million to uh, produce, $40 million to advertise. It made $5 million at the box office. What went wrong? Uh, Let me start with you, Vanessa, with this reimagined version of of The Color Purple. Okay, so because the cable was out doing the little ice Stuff, whatever the other day they said to everybody with AT&T we'll give y'all six dollars off of whatever video y'all want to look at so we started looking through videos so I said oh there's the color purple I haven't seen that it was twenty dollars for that video so Bobby I ain't gonna pay fourteen dollars <laughs> no I didn't even want to pay the fourteen dollars from the twenty after they gave us the six to look at it so I don't mm. know what went wrong because I didn't even want to pay that. I want to get it mm. free on Amazon Prime. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, you're just being, you're being cheap. Okay, fine. All right, Mr. Elias, man, uh, 20 seconds. Sorry, brother, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's the problem. 20 seconds, Mr. Elias. What say you? Why you think it, uh, this, this was a straight up bomb. I mean, it fluked. I mean, $5 million after you spent, what, you know, almost uh, $130 million to produce and, and, and advertise. That's bad. Well, you know, for, for me personally, I've seen the color purple. So if you're going to reimagine it, I've already seen it. So I'm not going to pay to go see something I've already seen, a remake of something. So it's I've not a remake. So, it's not a remake. Okay, if you say so. You say so. Well, it's not. It's not. That's the problem. It's not a remake. And, and that's it's, and see, and I'll it's say this. We have to. Okay, it's a musical. Like, it's that, it's like, a musical. It, 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 it's it's what they did with it. No, no. They adapted. They adopted the musical for the screen. That's what they did. So, so no. It's not. It's like the Lion King. The Lion it's, King musical is not the Lion King the movie. So, so they're, they're different. Uh, it's, right. it's, it's based in the same thing, right? And then that's it's like, based on the same like thing. That's what I call reimagine. Yeah, exactly. So, like I'm saying, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go pay to see the New Jack City because I've seen. I it. heard it's good. 
heard it's good. But okay, okay. I mean that's fair I'm enough. Good. All right, we got we got to go. All right, listen, I'll just say this. Matter of fact, I'll say it on the other side. All right, listen, it's time for a commercial break. Three four seven an update, I should say. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be back with the heavy, 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 heavy lifting of the show. Don't go anywhere. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. President Trump invited South Carolina leaders on stage with him yesterday while campaigning in New Hampshire. NPR's Franco Ordonez reports on Trump's latest attack on his top rival and former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. The current South Carolina governor, Henry McMaster, led the group on stage that also included the lieutenant governor, attorney general, and several members of Congress. You've heard this, those great philosophers, the Spice Girls, Tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Well, that's what we're here to do, to tell you what we in South Carolina want, what we really, really want. The move is not just a challenge to Haley, but also part of Trump's inevitability argument for the nomination. Franco Ordonez, NPR News, Manchester, New Hampshire. Crisscrossing the state of New Hampshire, Nikki Haley shrugged off McMaster's statements, noting that she had previously defeated McMaster's when she first won the office of South Carolina governor. A viral video not long after Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel showed a former U.S. National Security Council official going on a racist, anti-Palestinian tirade against a halal vendor in New York City. As Harrison Malkin reports, the charges included hate crime, stalking, and aggravated harassment. Now the suspect has reached a plea deal with the city. In November, Stuart Sutterwith, the former State Department employee, was charged with a hate crime after harassing a halal food vendor in New York City's Upper East Side. Videos of Sutterwith's rants went viral on social media. In one clip, Sutterwith tells the vendor, if we killed 4,000 Palestinian kids, you know what? It wasn't enough. Now, nearly 25,000 Palestinians have been killed by the Israeli military in Gaza. Sadowitz, though, reached a plea deal with authorities in the city, allowing charges to be dismissed if he attended a 26-week anti-bias training course and avoids arrests or interacting with the victims. For NPR News, I'm Harrison Malkin in New York City. In Gaza, more than a million Palestinians have packed into the southern city of Rafah to escape the fighting with Israel. Thousands have begun sleeping in tents and makeshift shelters. Julia Tuma from UN Relief Agency in Gaza, UNRWA, tells the BBC that conditions in the territory are desperate. People are now resorting to living in these informal structures covered with plastic sheeting. Um, you see them mushrooming everywhere as we were driving in southern Gaza. And they have no facilities, um, no toilets, let alone showers, and there's very little food and there's very little medicine, and um, it's really unhuman conditions. The UN says there's a shortage of 50,000 tents in Gaza, driving the cost of a tent from $50 to as much as 800 This is NPR News. Odds of becoming an astronaut, 1 in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, 1 in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, 1 in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 
one in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, one in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, one in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, one in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, one in two men, one in three women. It's up to us to change the odds for our generation, for the ones we love, for our future. If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer. Online radio at its best. Less than one week before the Iowa caucus, the man who's poised to win the Republican nomination sat in court while his lawyers attempted a last-minute effort to get the ex-president's criminal charges thrown out on immunity grounds. Donald Trump's federal election interference trial, one of the last chances to hold him accountable for the crimes of January 6th before the upcoming election. His lawyers stood before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, probably the second most important court in all the land, and before the nation and those three judges argued that a president can effectively do whatever he wants, no matter how malevolent, without any legal consequences. Welcome back in. It's uh, 24 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the Serious Out of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, Donald Trump feels that way because Donald Trump is trying to avoid jail time, and Donald Trump wants to be a dictator. Donald Trump tweeted in all capital letters that a president has to be able to do what he or she wants to do without any possibility of being held accountable because if they did not have the ability to do what they needed to do, regardless whether it was legal or not, a president can't be the president. And he brought up President Obama, once again, as if President Obama is the current president, and then he talks about, well, you know, he talked about Joe Biden dropping bombs on people. But, you know, I, I would like to think that he was, you know, he thought he was doing it in the best interest. You know, man, the circus show continues until 2024. Mr. LES, man, you know, my question for you is this. At some point in time, this has to come to an end. At some point in time, you know, a resolution has to be made. Now, I already know how you guys feel about him doing jail. But can't you see that his antics these, I mean, his antics show a man who is scared. People who know him close said he is afraid of going to jail. And anytime someone throws a temper tantrum in court where the judge threatens to throw him out and he says, hey, that would be lovely, and the judge responds, that's what you want me to do. Have you ever seen anything like this, Mr. Elias? And once again, what's the resolution here, man? Time next year, where do you think we're going to be? 2025, January, where do you think we're going to be? Because you said something a couple of shows ago, and I'm, I'm going to call you out on it. Let me, let me see what you're going to say though first. Go ahead. Well, like I said, man, this, this clown is, is above the law. This is how he feels. He's above the law, and there's nothing you're going to do to me because if you say something against me, my millions are going to come after you. They're going, to, they're going to kill you. They're going to do whatever they can to get at you. So that's how he feels like he's the most powerful man, and he's acting like a dictator. And people who don't believe it, look at what he's doing to the court system. Anybody else that did that same crap would have their ass in jail. And, and I know what you're going to say. I still think if, 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 if we, if, if, you know, I think he's going to win the presidency. I do. Honestly, I believe that. 
I believe in my heart of hearts she's gonna win the presidency because okay. no matter what Long this cat says, okay, and no matter what this cat says, no matter what this cat does, they're going to keep backing him. His minions are, will back him to the end, no matter what he does. This is a cult, and one thing about a cult, he's he's, he's like he got forty percent of the electorate, and 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 these these people don't care what he does. They don't. I even watched one of the one of the interviews that one of the guys who said, "Well, Trump wants to be a dictator." One of the guys says, "That's what we need right now. We need a dictator." Trust me. Wow. These people are swallowing. You heard someone Kool-Aid. say that? Wow. Yes. Yes. These people have swallowed wow. the Kool Aid, man, and they're going to vote for him regardless. And you got you got mm-hmm. some black folks to get some people to get out and say, "Man, I ain't voting for Biden. He won't give this. He won't do this. He won't do that." But Trump is Trump. No matter what he says, his people are going to back him. I, 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 I'd have to go see what they, they, they sit back and say, well, you know, Biden, uh, uh, Trump is not going to be a dictator, man. He can't be. He's just, he's just, that's just talk. Like grabbing him by the cock, grabbing him by the coochie was locker room talk, right? Yeah, right. But it is what it is, man. Well, Vanessa, uh, you know, for me, I just don't understand. You know, first of all, I can't remember whether or not you believe he's going to win uh, the presidency uh, this time next year, but I'll pose the same question to you. What's the resolution this time next year? Where will we be with this man? I mean, this is something that we've never seen before in our lifetimes, in the nation, in the history of the nation, apparently. So where will we be uh, this time in 2025? And do you believe he's going to win the presidency? Because I can't remember what your answer was on that. You know what? And it takes a lot to shift me to hell up. But I just don't know. I I just don't know. I really believe that these people will follow him to hell and back. But I do believe that there are some people that might be telling their friends that they're going to vote for Trump. But they're not because they don't want this world to be a democracy, that they don't want Trump to run it, that they don't think that all of these indictments are fake. They realize that he's running from jail. I just don't know. I cannot. If you said, I don't know, I just, I, I don't know. I just know that the Democrats are going to have to get, they're going to have to get on the, on the street and start talking about what he has done, not talking about what he has left to do. I wake up this morning and I hear them saying, Joe Biden is ready to make some strong immigration rules. I come on this show every Sunday that you talk about immigration, and I get on Joe Biden about not doing anything for immigration. Now all of a sudden you kind of run and do something for immigration. So I don't know. I just don't know. I don't have, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that's a ploy, Vanessa, to be honest, because if you look at it, if you look at what's going on, they know that the Republican Party is not going to do anything. And they, 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 you know, this is just strong. Even, even the senators and the Republican senators that came out and said, we're not going to get a better deal than this for, for immigration. And, and you still got them people in the, uh, in the Congress that are saying, hey, we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna pass this bill because you if you pass this bill we're gonna get rid of you as the speaker of the house. <laughs> oh yeah. 
they, they, I believe they're playing chess, not checkers. I believe. Yeah, I, I believe. I, I believe they put that bill out there because they know that the Republican Party is not going to do anything, anything to help to, to, to say, okay, he got rid of the immigration problem. Now, now what? He passed his law for immigration, so they're going to they gonna block it. And I, I believe that, 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 that that's, that's the, that's the pill that they can it. use to say, hey, they've already blocked it. They've already blocked it. Why would you block it? He's waiting until he he's waiting until the last minute to keep pushing it and bringing it to the fourth hour. Biden should have been telling people last summer that the Republicans are blocking everything, and the world saw where the Republicans couldn't even get a Speaker of the House. They would have been listening to Joe Biden because they saw it for themselves. People are not as close to the news as we are. The girl who massages my body didn't even know that Donald Trump had children in cages, and she's black. The damn table almost off with her when she said that. But I'm just saying, he should have been bringing that stuff forward. Sharon says all the time, the, the Democrats never talk about what they're doing. They never get out there in the news and say, Joe Biden did blah, 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 blah. They'll never do that. They want to keep all their stuff a yep. secret, and now these youngsters don't know what they're doing. Then I hear on the news Thursday or Friday, Joe Biden is getting student loans paid for this amount of money. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah now he, you he want, to want to do that for the loan. Now you want to wait, no, but, but now you want to wait and bring it up? Because now these kids no, 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 no. fresh. He just got that done. He just got that done, Vanessa. He just got he's that done. He's been talking there. about it his whole time. He's been talking about his well, whole term. They tried to pass it at first, Vanessa, and then the, the Republican Party and the, the Supreme Court blocked it. So that that's not on him. He can only he can only they can only put it out there, and they can and then but they can block. But he should have put it in the news more than one or two times that the Republicans was blocking it. This was a conversation at my sister's house for Christmas with young people. I don't give a damn what these older people say. We're going to go in and push Democrat with our eyes closed. I'm telling you the conversation from the young people who are anywhere from 19 to 40 that's voting. That's their conversation about Biden's student loans. Well, let me, let me say this, because you said something about immigration that I want to make sure that I address. You know, the bottom line is is that when it comes to immigration, uh, you're saying now Biden wants to do something about it. I don't think that's the no, issue. I, you know, that's not what, that's I what said. you did. Now that is what I'm you said. That's not Jay. No, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm you didn't saying say is, now Biden wants to do something about it. it. Yeah, now he want to bring it in the news and discuss it. He should have been that's doing what I that, you Jay. Said. Well, well, well wait a minute. Okay. Now uh, you said that now Biden that's wants to talk, thing. wants to deal with. Okay. All right. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Okay. 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 You can we'll agree to disagree. I didn't stress anything. I thought you said that now all of a sudden Biden wants to do something about immigration. I thought that came out of your lips. No. Now all of a sudden he wants to bring it in the news and discuss it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Well, okay. All right. Fine. All right. All right. That's two different things. Okay. All right. Well, well, we have to. Y'all know I don't care. I'll repeat what I say more than once or twice about immigration. We, we, we already I don't have a know. problem with so, that. 
I know you do. Yeah. So, 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 so when it comes. Now he's putting it in the news. Now he's putting it in the news. That is what I'm saying. And I said that because I said I just heard it on the news that he was talking about the loans. I just heard it in the news. Now he's talking about immigration. That's what I said. Not that he's just now trying to do it. He's been trying to do it. But now he's trying to put it in the news. And these kids are going to think, oh, now he wants to do something. That's what they think. Because you know, they don't listen to the news every day. That's what they think, Jay. And it is. Because we have uh, these listen, conversations when we all get together. Okay, but okay. No, no, go ahead. I'm just like yourself out. I, I thought I heard something different. If if I was wrong, I apologize. Right there, I am. All right, so now let me ask you this. We talk about immigration. Let me, you know, whoa, let me, who is this? Oh, whoa, whoa. Hello. Yes, sir. I, I, I oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Let me, hold on, bro. I can't let you come in. I can't let you come in without introducing you. Oh, my bad. Let's tell you, it's got to be something, man. I didn't know you was here. All right, listen, <laughs> no, that's, no, the, man. that's the smartest man. I did not know you were here. This is the smartest man in the world. Mr. Jerome is free. is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? I'm good, people. How are you? I am morning, doing outstanding. The, the floor is hey, yours. Hey, good morning, Vanessa. Yes, sir. Good morning, Jerome. Yeah, I want to say, hey, good morning. I wanted to say that um, the, the thing, I mean, I understand Vanessa's point of saying that the administration needs to do a better job of saying what's going on, but I want to I want to say to you, like generally, it is not the administration that's not reporting about this because I read about that stuff all the time. So, because while I'm combing the news, I see that I see all of this stuff. The Biden administration has done some remarkable things that just pretty much has not been done in any other presidency. Now, whose job is that to to talk about it? It is the media's job. So you can only do a press release and. Like, I, if I'm reading, I don't know, the Houston um, Chronicle or the Hartford Current or something, yeah, the Houston Chronicle, I always get them mixed up, or or the Atlanta um, Journal. Journal Constitution, or, yes, like, if, I, if I'm reading those, I'm only finding out what's going on in Atlanta, in the great, because it doesn't hit national news, even if it's a national news story. And so what happens is that they'll put something out in Washington, and they'll just cover it with national, with their local news or some other thing, unless it has something to do with Trump. They give that man much too much news time. They should be covering his trial more than they're covering his speeches because he's lying on that. And I know places like MSNBC kind of does this a little bit. They won't broadcast yeah. a live Trump speech because he lies so much in his speeches. It takes right. too long to have a whole newscast to talk about what he lied about. So yep. they try not to poison you at least a little bit, but Obama had the same problem. But Democrats Biden can. Jerome, no, but no, Biden can. No, no, As the president of the United People, States, call him in. No. Call him, um, wait a minute, what is it called? They don't have to cover him. Right. No, no, he can have them, right? So if you look at Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter was a decent president. That dude didn't get no coverage. So people think right now, history-wise, Jimmy Carter ain't do nothing. Nobody can name Jack that Jimmy Carter did. You know why? Because they didn't cover him. They covered the opposition. We know more about Newt Gingrich than we know about Jimmy Carter because they cover negative. And we're talking about white folks and their pathology too, right? So anything that's sensational, as much as Trump lied, he had more probably more news coverage than Obama. 
They were having press conferences. They were releasing stuff. I was reading that stuff. And, and I challenge anybody listening to, to this, listening to us right now, go um, on the Internet and search Obama in Cuba. The, each major network would not even cover the president's trip in Cuba at all. And if you look at the images of it, when you go Internet search it, you'll see the Cuban army with just nothing but black people. They didn't want you having those images out there that this is all when you look at Cuba, you look at black folks, and that how they were welcoming to Obama and how they were treating him and the respect that he was getting on that island nation because the United States wants you to hate them. They want you to hate Haiti. They want you to hate Venezuela, right? And they want you to love Israel who's committing Jewish genocide. Like, propaganda is propaganda. So when you talk about Biden releasing a press statement or, or having his administration do that or him having a press conference, these networks get to choose what they broadcast. If he has a press conference right now, they may, they may not switch over to him if he's just telling you about if immigration. If he doesn't figure out a way, Jerome, I'm going to say this. If he doesn't figure out a way Let's, to get the young people to know what he's doing, because they're not picking up a newspaper, they're not fixing to search news channels. Right. They're not going to do any of that stuff that we might do. If he doesn't figure out a way to get yeah. to them, they're just not going to vote. And if they don't go vote, then Trump's going to get in anyway. Right. I'm going to leave it at that. No, but, but this, is, this is always the problem, Vanessa. That's, all, that's the point that I'm making, that that's always the problem with Democrats is because they don't get news coverage like Republicans do. We can debate why that is, but that they really don't get it. And so when it comes down to them trying to set agenda, you have to use your what's called paid media. That's why they have to raise so much money, because the only way to get covers is for you to put out your own commercials. And how how much do you watch those commercials that paid for by, you know, um, the Biden administration? Like how much do you watch those? That's the only way you can force them to do that. But I I say all the time. Our media coverage sucks because it's all about propaganda, right? It's like looking at, you know, Oprah or Gail or somebody. The only time they really do black folks is when they have scandal amongst black people, and they're black, right? We can't even trust the people who look like us because they are sending out the same – they're doing the same things backwards to us that mainstream media is doing to us. I mean, it's a difficult task in politics, so – I mean, you're right, they should do that a little bit more, but those young kids won't hear anymore just because they're talking more. They won't hear because we're not accessing wherever. They're not really getting news because they don't look for news. They look for their their elders to tell them, which by rightful, rightfully so, they should. When I deal with young people, they sit and ask me a ton of questions. And the reason I can sit there and answer is because I know that through your elders, they should have some kind of answers for you. It is wrong for your elders to have no answer. We shouldn't tell them, go look it up for yourself. That's not reasonable. You, you, you help your people until they're able to help themselves. You know, yeah. even as adults, we do that. I, I, yeah. I think they should put it on TikTok, Jerome, to be honest. If you put it on TikTok or one of these social media outlets and you blast it on those, on those social media outlets, you might get somewhere. Yeah. You? Yeah, you'll be amazed at the at the good information that's coming out from TikTok because uh, that's why the United States want to ban TikTok. They don't want to ban TikTok because 
it's a foreign agency. They they know that young people are there, and they're putting more political and more factual information on TikTok. If you put it on Instagram or Facebook, then it's controlled a little bit by the Zuckerbergs and the um, whatever Elon Musk people of the world. But TikTok, you can't control. So now we ban TikTok. But yeah, you get more information on TikTok. Interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Coming up. In this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, Nikki Haley. Nikki, 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 darling Nikki. Well, look, she faces an uphill climb to secure the GOP nomination, and the only way she can really be competitive moving forward is to secure Chris Christie's support, and you already heard what the man thinks about her. It's convener time in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. <laughs> Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is hoping for a big day in next week's New Hampshire primary. But if she is going to catch up to former President Donald Trump, she will need the support of voters who previously backed Chris Christie. NPR senior White House correspondent Tamara Keith caught up with some of the former New Jersey governor's supporters. Katherine Johnson was a Chris Christie super volunteer, fashioning herself a role that was basically a Walmart greeter, but for town halls and candidate meet and greets. She logged so many miles along the way. I'm thinking about 5,000 since October. And so, of course, she was there when Christy announced he was suspending his campaign. She was supposed to be manning the mic that night for the question and answer portion of the event. And at the very last second, they had me sit down. There would be no more of Christy's trademark Q&A. Johnson really believed in Christie and loved his willingness to stand up to Trump. She is a registered Democrat and knows it's kind of weird to be so dedicated to a Republican candidate. But she cried right there at the town hall. I knew the campaign was going to come to an end on January 23rd, but I still thought I had two weeks. Most of the supporters we talked to thought Christie would drop out after the New Hampshire primary on the 23rd. Norm Olson had hosted a meet-and-greet with Christie at his home in Portsmouth shortly before Christmas and appreciated that he was the only Republican in the race willing to say what he felt needed to be said about Trump. Olson is a Republican, but he never could stomach a vote for Trump. He went libertarian in the last two elections. Now, with his candidate out, he immediately knew who would get his vote. It was very clear. If, if, if it wasn't him... It was going to be Nikki. Christie pointedly didn't endorse anyone when he dropped out. In fact, he was critical of Haley for saying that if Trump is the nominee, she would support him, even if he's convicted of a crime. But Christie leaving the race is widely seen as a boon for Haley, who benefits from New Hampshire allowing independents to vote in the Republican primary. Olson says his Christie-backing friends have largely shifted to Haley. Well, out of 10 people that I know, eight of them were about as quick as I was to go to Nikki, and two of them haven't made up their mind yet. That's just the folks I know, so it's obviously not a scientific study. But a more scientific University of New Hampshire poll taken before Christie dropped out found that 65% of Christie voters had Haley as their second choice. Don Hartman, an IT project manager from Hooksit, is one of them. She's an independent who has never voted for a Republican at the national level, but that's about to change. She says she can't stand the chaos of Trump, and after Christie dropped out, she attended a Haley event. She is our last best chance, but a very good, a good person to vote for. I think she'd do a great job. 
Retired nurse Corinne Pryor is still in the undecided category. She likes that Christie spoke his mind about Trump's Republican Party. Nikki Haley sometimes said it, but not in so many words. It did feel like it was a little softer landing. He was, Chris Christie was um, much more verbal and forthright. But what she really craves is someone moderate, someone to bring the country together. Well, she's, she's more in the middle than Trump is, I think. You know, if I have to compare, it depends who I'm comparing her to, I guess. As for Christie super volunteer Katherine Johnson, she's now attending Haley events, including the one in Hooksett, where I caught up with her. But come Tuesday... I'm going to vote for Governor Christie on a write-in ticket for the Democratic New Hampshire primary, and then I'm going to spend the rest of the day driving anybody who needs a ride to the poll. Starting with her 91-year-old mother. Tamara Keith, NPR News, Manchester, New Hampshire. On Sunday, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis defended her appointment of Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade for her election interference case against former President Donald Trump. I appointed three special counsel as it's my right to do, pay them all the same hourly rate. Obtained employment contracts between Willis's office and the three special counsels shows that statement is inaccurate. Wade's agreement shows he made $250 for two contracts. One ended in May of 2023, the other in December of 2023. While Anna Cross's contract through June of 2023 shows the same rate, John Floyd's compensation in both agreements is much lower. He made $150 per hour for his first contract and $200 for his second. And Floyd is a renowned expert in RICO cases. One former prosecutor says it's hard to compare compensation due to the opportunity of being involved in this historical case. I am sure Mr. Floyd wants to get involved in this case, as a lot of attorneys would. So it's hard to look at the paid differentials when you're looking at the magnitude of the case involved. Another well-known former prosecutor questions Wade's selection in general. You compare him to both. Uh, Floyd and Anna Cross, who is a brilliant prosecutor. Um, he doesn't seem qualified to lead this case, but, you know, even that, there's nothing insidious about it. But Porter adds, as long as there were no kickbacks to Willis, these actions are more uncouth, not criminal. The whole rumor and, and innuendo and everything else, it may substantiate it, but it doesn't make any difference as far as the case goes, the Trump case. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It's 50 minutes after the hour, 10 before the top of the hour. You're listening to The Serious Side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, hmm, this is, I have to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed when I heard this story. Uh, but you heard the hit. So, Vanessa, I don't need to ask questions. I'm just going to let you, uh, what's, your, what's your thought process on this? Um Basically, uh, looks like uh, she was, she is, or was dating this guy, and you know, what do you think? Wow. You're probably gonna roll your eyes at me. No, I'm not gonna roll my I'm eyes at you. Lost. I'm kind of lost on that conversation. I'm, I'm just lost on that conversation. You're gonna have to bypass me. All right, well, let's uh, let's swing around to a man I'm pretty sure who has plenty to say about this. Uh, Mr. Elias, 
for the assaults, man, on on this whole thing. Because, you know, you and I kind of talked about this when you were uh, in the great state of uh, T-E-X-A-S. So uh, you want to make those, you want to make them public or what's your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you know, some, it's a bad look for her. Definitely a bad look. Because now you're going to, you're going to, you just, not a conspiracy theories are going to run one. Oh, she, she, she did this to get, get her man in uh, uh, an office. She did that. She did this. She did that. You know, can't, they, can't, they can't even, on a free and fair election, they can't even agree on that. So now I know with this, with all these allegations, they're going to they're gonna say that the, the, the DA, Fannie, Fannie Willis, is controlling this guy, and she's telling him what to do. Well, do you think that's going to be the narrative, or is the narrative that hey, you know, this is so honey, and you know, and you know, here we go, inappropriate relationship. And she's getting a kickback from it because they're, they're, what they're saying is she got a kickback from it because she's getting uh, trips from it. They went on trips together because now she's in deposition by 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 the ex-wife of this guy um, to to see what 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 went on with it. It's bad. Mm, interesting. Now, I definitely want to hear this man right here. Jerome, man, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that you do want to hear my thoughts on it. Uh, no, I, yes, I, I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Been waiting on this with bated breath. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think it's dumb as hell. That's, that's what mm. I think it is. Like, so Interesting. You can, have relation, you can have a relationship with people. long as it does not, like I said, as long as there's no fraud involved, Nobody still talks about Trump and putting his daughter in some undefined position for the United States and then representing the United States and then getting 17 patents in China. Nobody talks about that. Like, so what? Men and women sleep well, together. Were they divorced or single? We're talking about ethics and morals opposed to somebody doing their job. And if since she is DA, she can talk to any freaking body that works in her office and actually guide them through any kind of prosecution. This is just, it's nonsense when you talk about function, right? People can say you flirted with anybody. Right. I mean, it's it's even, it is so damn stupid that it just sidetracks us because the Republicans are really good at propaganda. And so they're like, let's find something in your background that we can talk about about you to try to impeach you from convicting the dude who actually grabbed some woman's crotch. Like, we really? Right? Donald Trump can kill 2,000 people, and you'd be like, yeah, but the prosecutor does eat Pop-Tarts. Like, we've got to really sidetrack whatever the person who's prosecuting that dude is doing. That has nothing to do with her prosecuting. So they want to do anything they can do to get her out of there to try to get somebody else in there to be favorable to him. And this is why I sometimes, you know, I have to say this is why this is important to understand jury nullification and why black folks don't ever have a good, um, don't have fairness in trial situations. Because what the Republicans and what white folks are doing generally, because I don't know if they're Republicans, they may not just like her, but they impeach black people for really side stupid issues just because they know the probability of getting somebody in there that's going to favor them is pretty high if you run through enough people. 
So that's why Trump is like, oh, y'all can convict me, but I'll have a retrial. Because if you keep cycling through white folks, they're always going to feel empathy towards their own people. And if you keep yep. cycling through white folks, eventually somebody is going to be like, that black dude did it. Right? That's why when you have black people who are going to trial and there's no evidence against them, they can really convict them by saying, oh, the white person feared for their life. And white people are like, yeah, I can understand that. Right, like, yeah, you can. That's a new. That's a numerical like probability when you cycle through people. So they're trying to impeach her by talking about her character, which has nothing to do with her job. Right, when you go to McDonald's and you order a burger and fries, and you pay somebody, do you really give a damn that that kid graduated high school or not, or whether they have a GED or whether they went to college? Like, you, you, these are sidetrack issues to what the prosecution is doing. She shouldn't even be in the news for this. But it's yeah. easy to sidetrack us as a society. It's really easy yeah. to sidetrack us. Yeah. If you, okay. you go through any of us, any of us in the black community generally, and okay. say, hey, you went, to ele- you, you went to elementary school with somebody who stole something. If you yeah. went to public school, you probably went to school with somebody who stole something. But for black people... They, they, you know, you get to have tagged with criminal liability based upon association. So, so what? Was she single? Did, are we making a moral, ethical decision on her, or is it something that had to do with her job? And I say it had nothing to do with her job. So leave her the hell alone. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree with some of that stuff you just said because at the end of the day, if you are in that position and you know that all eyes are on you then you need to find a way to not make it, you know, not create, like you said, Mr. Elias, all these conspiracies. And no, there's, in no workplace in America do you endorse a director sleeping with a subordinate. It, it just, you, it, it's scandalous. It so why even bring time, that? Though. Well, it does happen all the time, but it doesn't make it right. I, you know, at the end of the day, did she break a That's law? Cool. Probably not. No. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're. I, I tell you what. Most corporate organizations, and I'm speaking as a former HR director, we have policies that say there's no fraternization. You can't fraternize in the military because it creates a situation where all of a sudden somebody is owed somebody is uh, owes something to someone else. I just say she should use better but judgment. You, now, does that what? Listen, Jay. As an HR person, you have been to Christmas parties. And you I, listen, see I hear you. You probably see some stuff happen. Well, well. We're, yeah, in our I humanity, have, though, we're human. We're, I get we're that, human, Jerome. Man. Okay, I, so, I understand. So, I understand. I'm just saying. But, but, I hear you. But reasonable. But, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I hear go what ahead. you're saying. I hear what you're saying 110%. And you're right. I have seen some stuff, and I say, hey, you know, hey, man, calm down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so I understand. I, I get you. I hear you. But at the end of the day, when you know that this stuff, you know this guy lives off conspiracy theories. You know that they find, you know, with, like, for example, we talked about when they found those uh, documents in Biden's garage. We're like, oh, Lord, here we go. And what did they do? Biden can do it, but the president can't do it. Well, no, it's crazy because you're talking two different things. But at the end of the day, the people who come up with these thought processes are the people who are voting. So if they think it's bogus, they're not going to look at facts. They're not going to look at the fact that they have a rock-solid case against Donald Trump. But they don't see that. 
Now all of a sudden, oh right. yeah, we knew it. We knew it. So so yeah, I mean, listen, what you're saying is correct on the merits. I give you that. But I grew look, I grew these two dudes, Mr. Elias and, and Jerome. I agree with both of you because once again, at the end of the day, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. Yeah. It, right. it just don't. I mean, you don't do that. And and I am pretty much telling my age by saying this. At some point, you don't give a damn what looks good. Like, you just pretty much keep going on and do your job and keep it moving. And once you find out mm-hmm. the superficial stuff does not work, then you start mm-hmm. to say, wait a minute, why am I giving an impression? Kim Kardashian is popular from a freaking sex tape, but don't nobody keep holding that damn sex tape over her head. They're like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, but she's not processing the former president of the United States either. No, no. No, no. Well, Melania is his wife. You don't mm. see them pulling up naked pictures of her because they're all over the Internet. They don't yeah. say, oh, yeah. you know, she's regal and blood. She's a regal hooker. Do people call her that? Because she's, you know what I mean? And <laughs> all I'm saying to you, Jay, all I'm saying <laughs> is that there's, there's always. This guy yeah, here, man, he's a rare form this morning. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. All I'm saying is that there is a double standard when it really comes down it. to it. And we have to see through propaganda. And I'm not asking anybody to do that. I am saying to you, I will see through propaganda. I don't give a damn, right? Like we are are holding people to standards that don't nobody really care about in the bigger picture. We just care about when it comes to us because as black folks, we still hold in our head that one thing that makes us look bad, one of us looks bad, makes us all look bad. And white folks have this thing about deferring things that they all do to be like, well, it wasn't me. You can't hate all white people because um, other white people don't use washcloths. You can't help me. You know what I mean? Like, we, we will take the responsibility for what one black person does, and a gang of yep. white people can do something, and that white person be like, well, I'm your friend. I like Snoop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what the hell? Right? So we have to we have to understand how to unpack that when it's time for us to evaluate things that are going on with us and us even having this conversation about her is taking up this this particular program because it was probably something from some fools at Fox trying to get some personal information on her. We can't say, well, she should have watched what she done did personally because she know people be looking at it. Yeah, all black people are, are looked at ten thousand times harder than white folks are. But we still ain't go after, uh, um, what's his name, Perry, when he was doing all that shit, when he was, sorry for doing that, Perry, when he was working for Trump, we didn't go after, we didn't go after, who was it, yeah, the Treasury Secretary from from spending money on on jets and all of that. We did not go after them like that, like we're going after her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we we just didn't do that, and we don't. We did, but they didn't. well, no, no, we, we talked about it, but the energy that we use on this black woman is like us of having disappointment, and we can't believe that she did that, and that's just wrong. If it's wrong, it's wrong. That is, that is us being hypercritical and imposing what we believe is our own moral stuff on everybody else. And we have to stop doing that as black folks because okay. just like – I'm sorry for this – but just like with the crack ex- epidemic – we were hard on people on drugs, but we're like, we should have Narcan because it's just a disease. We're soft mm. on their asses when they do that, but us, we are just totally off the rails. 
That's there why I'm go. off the rails now. E.F. Hutton, when he speaks, uh, everyone listens. All right, so we're going to stop by take a break. Three, four, seven, five, oh, one, two, seven, two. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. We'll step out. Uh, we'll be right back. After this, don't go anywhere. Only love will save you this time. Hopelessly
could sleep for us. A big house. How do I look? Do, do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done. Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes together. Online radio at its best. This morning, the incumbent Republican senator may have a fight on his hands if he wants to hold on to a seat next year. Took off my jacket. Now, that is former NFL player and three-term Democratic Congressman Colin Allred. He officially announced his rumored Senate bid in a video posted to social media just a few hours ago. In it, Allred took aim at Cruz's trip to Cancun during the deadly 2021 winter freeze and his provoking rhetoric ahead of the January 6th insurrection. Allred also touted his own work in bringing a new VA hospital to Garland and his help passing a new trade deal with Mexico. Still, Allred has a tough road ahead. The last time a Democrat last won the statewide election was in 1994. Hear ye, hear ye. It's uh, 10 minutes after the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Hear ye, hear ye. Ed Cruz is in trouble. There are polls that are coming out that saying they are saying that Ted Cruz may not win re-election in the great state of Texas. Vanessa, I please know that God, this is mu- music to your ears. That's right. You know, Cancun Ted uh, could be in a little bit of trouble, and he has acknowledged that his re-election bid will be a firefight, to quote his words. Now, a couple of things we need to keep in mind, that there have been some rulings in the courts. As far as some of the maps that were redrawn, well, guess what? Some of those maps have been redrawn in the state of Texas and Louisiana, giving black people more clout for their vote. So who knows? Vanessa, I'm going to let you have this one. Ted Cruz, you'd be in trouble. What say you? You know what? Ain't no use in me getting that happy, but it just makes me happy to hear the words come out of your mouth about Ted Cruz. But he is just like Don't Adam. cry. You Don't cry. You just can't get rid of him. You just cannot get rid of Ted Cruz. I just don't believe it's going to happen. Seeing is believing. Act like this is the Missouri State. Just show me because I don't believe they're going to get rid of him. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. Ted Cruz, uh, Cruz, who left his pretty little white coat uh, with a freezing. With no looking out the window. With the door is on, too. The door open. That was crazy. Though. And, and, and then he said, no, I was just dropping off my daughter. I was just dropping off my daughter. But he was funny with some other couples invited in on that trip while people in Houston did not have electricity for a week. My daughter's house was tore up for four, five months. She had to move. I just cannot believe that people have... You know what, Jerome, I always quote you sometimes. I know you don't want me to. But, you know, Democrats got short memories. People got short memories when it comes to stuff. They're too forgiving. They're too forgiving. I, 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 I oof. Ted Cruz and Abby right? are just horrible, horrible Texas representatives. They just really are. They just really are. I hope he is gone. Then maybe there would be some insight for Abby. Because if that, I, I just don't see him leaving. I just don't ever see that man going anywhere. So yeah. It's like getting rid of Trump. We can't get rid of Trump. We can't get rid of Abbott. We can't get rid of Cruz. It's like, damn. 
Well, you know, uh, now people may say, well, why are you guys covering this? Because this is not really a national story. Well, actually it is. Because Ted Cruz has been a thorn in Congress. He's been a thorn. I mean, this is a guy that once again stood up and said, you know, Donald Trump, you leave my wife's name out your mouth. You're a spineless whatever. Fast forward 18 months. So he's a mama. You can't talk about my mama, Jay. His daddy killed JFK. His daddy, his wife, he called her look like a dog. I mean, and he's going back. Oh, my God. Special effects by yours truly, provided by Vanessa and yours truly. Uh, Jerome, talked about his daddy, said his daddy killed JFK. <laughs> what do you think, man? You, you, know, think, uh, you think they have a legitimate chance of unseating this fool? Well, I think that all, all of the states are changing, right? And I, that's what we don't reflect in polling a lot of times, is that there's a lot more energy on the ground and during the presidential election more people come out to vote so yes he probably has a better chance of losing now than ever than the off-year elections you know and by the way vanessa you can quote me anytime you want to (laughs) but uh you know anytime we look at states like even new york state they're making them Mm -hmm. redraw our congressional lines so there's going to probably be three more you think the the um congress has a short majority right now there's going to be probably three more Democrats coming out of New York State, which would have not uh, allowed Republicans to even take over the House this time because, if they would have yeah. threw them right mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. So yeah. all of that stuff is getting corrected. So what's going to happen is they're going to spend a lot of money trying to get people not to vote. They're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to try to intimidate people as much as they can, like always, public of course. strategy. Because people keep thinking that, Trump won in a blowout because he kept saying that all these people came out to vote for him. But it was such a uh, razor-thin margin. Don't nobody – can you imagine that more people like Donald Trump than liked him the first time when they didn't know him? That ain't even reasonable. Yeah. I know, right? Right. And if you're talking about that, so uh, they were talking about how he won. Oh, he won by 51%. And I was watching Morning Joe the other day, and Joe Scarborough said it himself. He said, hey. He said, do you think that if Barack Obama would have run again, he would have only got 51% of the vote? He would have got 95% of the vote out. So they're talking about how you know, Trump did all this stuff. It's crazy. Trump did not get even 51% of the vote. There has not been a Republican that got the majority of Americans voting for them in the last 100 years. They We're talking about, about Iowa. Vote. I'm talking about I'm talking about oh, Iowa. Man, this Iowa. past, okay. yes, yeah, primary. Yeah. yeah, they were saying if Barack Obama would have run again, do you think he would have gone to Iowa and only got 51 percent of the Democratic vote? He said he would have gotten 95 percent. So that should tell Trump everything he needs to know. That, like you just said, man, that guy, come on, stop. 51 percent. Right. And you really right. blown and out that's, someone, man. That's, that's not even stop. That's one of the whitest states of white states, mm-hmm. you know, opposed yeah. to someplace like Montana. If you got yeah. 51% there, imagine what you're going to do in South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Alarm bells should be going off for that campaign. Mr. Elias, man, you know, we talk about Texas a lot on here because of Abbott and some of the nonsense that he does. You know, once again, he's fighting with the federal government. He's, he's, he's kicked out Border Patrol. <laughs> They put state troopers on the border, and they're arresting immigrants. You know, and I don't want to – listen, that's not this topic. That's not this segment. But, you know, it all plays together. You know, Cruz and freaking Abbott, 
A and C. Where's the B? Let's get these clowns out of here, man. Do you think that uh, that there's a possibility that Cancun Cruz can, uh, you know, be up, up, you know, uh, unseated? Which I hope so. Oh my God, that would be a dream come true. It did dream come true, but Ted Cruz is like a cockroach, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I switch you, man. Uh, Joking like a cockroach. Uh, cockroach. They got all the foul stuff he's done. He's done in Congress. And the Senate. And the Senate. So what if he got done? What does that mean? Come on. No, no. Done. I mean, you know. These people are a waste of breath, man. You're not producing yeah. anything. Well. You're, you're blocking everything. Sit around and block stuff. That's, that's what you're good at. Yeah. Man, look, he's a cockroach. Like I said, it's hard to kill him. They tried to get them flying cockroaches in Texas, so I don't know. Yeah, okay, watch your mouth, man. You're taking it too far. You're taking yeah, it too far. Watch All right. your mouth, but I'm not going to deny it, but watch your mouth. Yeah, 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 you're taking it too far. Flying cockroaches? Next time you see him, you know, I'll hold him and I'll hold him and you kick him in the, in, in his in his groin area. We'll we'll get him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. But 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 on a serious note, he almost lost to uh, uh, Beto Rourke uh, back uh, when he ran. So and Jerome brings up an excellent point. This is actually doing a presidential. And I've always said this: if you put some of these clowns on the ballot during a presidential election year, and see. And, and Ted Cruz is not going to have the luxury of, of uh, electoral colleges to save his ass. Because I've always said this, President Obama twice won every major city in Texas, and he still lost the state. That's because the electoral colleges protected him. But Ted Cruz is not going to have that luxury. This is a straight-up vote, baby. And so, in my opinion, I think he's in trouble. The guys he's running against, one is a former uh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Tech Tennessee Titan, you know, used to be a Houston Tech, Houston Oilers. Uh, the other guy is, uh, he's a state senator, uh, but, you know, he's really rose to popularity because of what happened in Uvalde. He was really the, the face of the Democratic response. And uh, I saw him this past week as we, you know, uh, not celebrated, but as the report came out on how the cops handled that thing. And once again, this man, he is really making headway in the state of Texas. So Cruz, Cruz has his, uh, he has his uh, work cut out for him. It's, this is not going to be – it wasn't easy for him last time, but because this is on a presidential uh, ballot, he could be in trouble for real, real. You know what they say, for real, real? He could be in trouble. And I think he is. I think he is. Vanessa, we have to keep hope alive because I think that clown is gone. I really and truly do. I, I, well, I'm not going to say I think he's gone. I think that this, it, there's a better than 50% chance that he can be unseated. And Lord have mercy, please let that happen. Get this clown out of here. He's a joke. And, uh, you know, we've had enough of his nonsense. He's had enough of it. It's time for him to go. Go away. Like like Michael Orr said in uh, The Blind Spot, he said, he said uh, Michael, why would you block that guy out to the parking lot? He said it was time for him to go home, Coach. It's time for him to go home. It's time for Ted Cruz to go home. Oh, that's right, a good about... one, That's a good one. That's a good one. You like that? Yeah, I'll be here all week. All right, we'll step out, take a break. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> it's my turn. I 
I gotta finish this. Wait, you're gonna post those pictures of Mary? Yep. She thinks she's so hot. But her mom and dad will see them. Her grandmother, her little sister, everyone she knows, it's gonna kill her. Who cares? Just a couple of pictures. No big deal. No big deal? Don't. This has gotta stop. Stop cyberbullying. The results could be deadly. Online radio at its best. Welcome back here. 347-850-1272 is the call-in number. It is the serious out on a beautiful but cold 
uh, Sunday. I'm pretty sure the weather uh, is cold all over the nation. We want you to stay warm, stay safe, and we appreciate you. And, of course, it's time to say good morning to my family that I love so much. Dylan, let me say good morning to my big sis, Vanessa Mae Belly from the Macanelli. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Bobby just told me it was really cold outside for church, so, wow. Thank you. Good okay, morning, so Vanessa. It's here y'all. Good morning. Yeah, let me let, let me give let me give you a little something, something, Vanessa. Watch this. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. We are all in our places with bright smiling faces. There you go. I know you love it. I know you love it. I do. Uh, <laughs> my brother from another mother. <laughs> thank you, thank you, I mean, thank you. I popped up in his house. I popped up in his house. Les told me, yeah, I popped up in his house and I planned it with Les. It was so much fun. It was. It was beautiful. I'm going to definitely talk about that in my final comments because I want to definitely acknowledge that. My brother. Oh, wow. Thank you. Wow. Kisses to you. My brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Jerome Street. What's going on, man? Good morning. Hey, good morning, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Jerome. How are you? All right, I'm good, I'm good. It's good to hear, sir. Have a wonderful day. The man against the first day. <laughs> the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. <laughs> What's up, Brian? you doing, man? <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Mama B. Good morning, Rick's sister. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Will Delia. Good morning, man. The music, man. The music that first song was called Sunshine, and it's by Cleo Soul. That song was by Babe Truth, by Gabby uh, Duran, and good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Yes, Can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind? At my brother Covina, man, in there with us, and Yard Jock is also in there with us. What's up, Yard Jock? And my boy Covina, man, high fives and fist bumps to my brother from another mother. He has, I'm going to give him that moniker, Miss Elias. He is my brother from another mother. You know, he reached out to me on uh, Instagram one time, and uh, yeah, man, that's my boy there, man. I love me some. Uh, Love me some convener, man, even though he needs to get out that uh, Tesla. But, you know, we I've digressed. All right. Uh, let me say what's happening to some folks out there. What's up to the pastor? What's happening? Uh, let's see. Pull this stuff. That Christy, what's going on? Canada. Can, is, can, am I saying that right? Canada? I guess I am saying it right. Tommy. Uh, uh, the, ooh, I can't even pronounce that name. I'll just call you V. All you guys, thank you so much for, for listening to the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. So, oh, man, before we get into this last segment, I'm curious to get your – I wanted to get your comments on the Color Purple. Before the show, we talked about how the Color Purple spent $90 million to produce, right, $40 million to advertise, and it only made $5 million. Your thoughts, please. YTP, YTP, your thoughts, please. You know, um, I know people are trying to blame Taraji and saying that just because she wasn't getting paid and stuff, she gave them a lot of negative publicity. But The Color Purple is not a good movie. I mean, it's just not even a good play. It doesn't, it has a lot more to do with the negative portrayal of black men. There's not one positive black man in The Color Purple. And it's pretty damn depressive. So, you know, oh, wow. I know one of my cousins is actually in oh, wow. the color purple. I know some people would and I, 
They, they, no, they wouldn't. I wouldn't fight them because just because they want to watch something doesn't mean that it's something that I would want to see. So I'm telling you that there's no energy to go see the color purple other than wanting to support our people, right? Black Panther was a whole lot better movie. Um, the second one wasn't as good, but I can see why we took pride in watching Black Panther opposed to Color Purple. Everybody don't want to see depressive stuff all day, every day. And just because wow. Oprah's here doesn't make the good movie. Or Lee Daniels. Right? Just think about the controversy <laughs> around them, Tyler Well, Perry, I wasn't going to pay Daniels. $20 last night to look at it, so I got you with that, honey. Uh, I wasn't uh, paying $20 last yeah. night to look at it. I'm sipping on these comments yeah. about oh. Black Panther 2. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but... but, but Oprah, Oprah is not everybody's queen. Every, Oprah is not everybody's queen like they think she is. Nobody's going to go support it just because they did that. They they did nothing else other than say Oprah and Lee Daniels and Tyler Perry is doing this, and they did a lot of press. And I think people are just worn tired of them. They better have a product that has some value. Yeah, and I know, you know Steven Spielberg has something to do with it. Yeah, you know, I'll say this. I just think that it never works, right? When you do a remake, it never works. Or re- the only reimagined series that I think that they did a hell of a job was Bel Air. Now I'm in on Bel Air. I'm all the way in on Bel Air. But and I just think I that when that you too. try to, yeah, I'm, I'm all I in on Bel Air. I love that, Jay. Jay, we, Bobby, and I been watched that about a month ago. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I'm in. All the way on uh, Bel Air. That's they did that one right. The other one's not so much remakes, reimagines, and eh. but do yourself a favor, go watch Bel Air. It is the bomb. I am in. I cannot wait for season three. I'm so mad at myself because the first time I watched it was I just binge watched it. I'm like God, and then I said, man, now season two I got to be there every Thursday. And, uh, you know, but, man, I want to just, yeah. But anyway, go check it out. But we have some serious business to, to attend to uh, on this next topic. Online radio at its best. Quick backlash from San Jose City officials after racist text messages emerged involving one of their now former officers. In a statement Friday, San Jose Police Chief Anthony Mata said his department's internal affairs unit was investigating Mark McNamara for another incident when they discovered the messages. This is why... We have a zero-tolerance policy. San Jose Mayor Matt Mahan says he was disgusted by around two dozen text messages attributed to McNamara. The text seemingly referenced a 2022 incident in which the then-officer McNamara shot football player Kayon Green at San Jose's La Victoria Taqueria. Video showed Green had appeared to have broken up a fight inside the restaurant and was backing out of a door holding a gun he had confiscated from one of the perpetrators. In some of the texts, McNamara saying things like, quote, I'm pretty sure the district attorney would have charged me if I used excessive force, but she didn't because I didn't use excessive force. I'll shoot you too. In others, McNamara describing African-American men and writing, quote, they should all be bowing to me and bringing me gifts. Otherwise, he would have lived a life of poverty and crime. In another text message, McNamara writing that he hated black people. It's how long does the canary have to keep telling you there's something wrong inside this function? Reverend Jethro Moore II is the president of the NAACP of San Jose in Silicon Valley. He says while he applauds the police department for acting quickly, the incident is another blow to the relationship between SJPD and the African-American community. It's an ongoing problem in police departments across America. 
And San Jose Police Department is indicative of that. Mayor Mahan says the city has been working hard to have mechanisms in place to identify and weed out problematic officers like McNamara. The way that we build trust and rebuild the trust that, frankly, this individual has cost our city is by being completely transparent and taking the swiftest possible action we can. Despite that, though, Mahan says he recognizes more work still needs to be done. We are not going to tolerate racism. We're going to continue working hard every day to build a culture of the utmost respect and professionalism within our department. Now, Green's lawyer has not publicly commented on these allegations. And remember, this isn't the first racist text message scandal to emerge here in the Bay Area. There were also similar instances in Antioch, San Francisco, and at the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office as well. Online radio addict, online radio addict, online radio addict best. You know, uh, once again, when you hear stories like this and you, you know, we used to do a segment called Living While Black. And so here's a situation where a young man broke up a fight, had a firearm in his hand, and once again, law enforcement, uh, you know, took, uh, you know, used deadly force and shot this young man. And the worst part about it is, and you heard it, uh, basically, you know, I hate black people and black men should be bowing to me. These are the types of folks who have badges on their chest and weapons on their hips. And, um, you know, I'll start with you, Jerome. Um, we wonder why the African-American community do not trust the police. And, and this is a prime example of it, sir, a prime example of it, where their inner thoughts, right. uh, you know, social media, you, know, you can say what you want about social media, but social media in some cases is very helpful because, once again, here's a guy spewing off the people. And here's the thing that's so crazy about that is this is that a lot of times they think that they're talking to people who feel the same way that they do, and some of these same people are the ones who are turning their ass in. Say, okay, wait a minute, you're going too far. What do you have to say about this story, man? Well, so the thing about that is with people like Trump out there stoking, like, white supremacy and all of this elitism stuff, that people down on the – People down on the ground feel like, all right, cool, we can say it, because we know they've always been there. They just was masking it, and so now they're not masking it so much. And um, they'll go back to hiding it, but it's why at some point, you know, we go through, um, you know, our race relations stuff, and people like, um, you know, Ted Cruz and those guys are like, oh, we don't need, you know, you know, D&I, like, you know, um, the diversity and inclusion stuff, we're way past that. We should do what Martin Luther King said. And, you know, that kind of thing. Like, they twist Martin Luther King stuff to make it look like everything's equal now. Oh, it's 2024. We don't have race problems, was what Nikki Haley said, right? So those guys don't deal in reality like that. They want to keep things or revert it back to how it was when there was no representation, and they felt good about having a reflection of themselves. That's why I always say that, and I've said it before, that white folks generally, generally need therapy after the age of eight years old. Because to deprogram them from a view of supremacy is something that is propagated on television and through our images and all of that stuff. Like, from the time that you're little, you start to believe that the world is about you and everybody has to look like you. 
That's why I, I watched something the other day where some kid was like, I think I can defuse a bomb. I said, yeah, you're, his butt has been watching Die Hard. Bruce Willis can be an alcoholic and then go save Nakatomi Plaza. Like, they have that. And they believe these things in their head because they grow up believing some of the stuff, and sometimes they get to verbalize it. We know it's there. Carl MacGyver. Because you Carl MacGyver. You know that yes. MacGyver? That, yes. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So we can get a rookie cop that come through and pull a gun on us and being like, don't move. And it's like, wait, I speak English. What do you want? Oh, you can't talk to me like that. I feel threatened. Like, they use that stuff because of that same propaganda that um, we don't like to address. And instead of putting police officers through training, they're like, oh, that's just being politically correct. So our humanity sucks, and we need to address um, our humanity and how we interact with one another. Across but the you know what, make, what, what makes this more dangerous, Vanessa, is I was watching the video the other day of uh, a woman who got into a little bit of a conflict with an African-American man because he was out on the street. And so she was like, watch, I'm going to call the police. And he was video rec- videotaping it. Well, it's not video, but we use, we use that term. He was recording the whole thing. And uh, she got on the 911, and then she just began to, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's standing me, oh, my God. And he was standing, like, a half a block away from her, and he was like, oh, my God, look at this woman. That's what makes this so dangerous, that the same people that she's reaching out for help to, you know, telling them that this black man is threatening her and, oh, my God, oh, please don't hurt me and crying and the guy's nowhere near her. That makes it more right. dangerous because now that validates the thoughts of some of these crazy cops. Like Jerome said, this atmosphere where now the crazies, they don't even have to hide anymore. They can just say what they want to say and do what they want to do because they know they had a president that would allow them to do this stuff, gave them cover for this type of nonsense. So, you know, that's what makes this more dangerous, right? Because you have these type of Karens out there are people who think that they are making citizens arrest. You know, look about what happened to the brother who got shot and killed. uh, uh, With Albury, the brother got shot and killed, and and they went to jail for life, the three people who did it. But the fact is, yeah, they're in jail for life, but that guy has gone forever. He's never coming back. Yeah. That's what makes this type of behavior uh, uh, dangerous. Your thoughts, please. You know, I just, these Karens, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I, run in, I run into it more than y'all think because I'm a black This is not a Karen. This is, this is a cop, though. Been out to say, I hate black people. Cop. No, she's talking about male and female. Yeah. I'm talking about male and female. Karen, to me, or anybody who wants to cry out wolf on another race, it could be a man or a woman or whoever. And when they, to me, I think it's they're like, calling the males kin. I think, I, think, I think they're calling them kin. <laughs> <laughs> now. I think that's the term that they're using. Yeah, they I think they're called kin. kin. Yeah. yeah, I think they're called kin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they think they're privileged. They think they're privileged. And then the police yep. bags get a word in. And so that's the reason why sometimes Bobby rolls his eyes at me and sometimes he don't. When they do stuff to me, I just let them have it right there in front of everybody and loud. I let them have it. I can't stand when they walk in front of me. I can't stand when somebody behind the counter acts like they don't see my see me. 
standing there, and then they reach for the white woman next to it. And then if I say something, they're going to call the police, and the police going to be wanting to arrest me. I don't care. I'm just so sick of it. White people are just getting away with calling, calling out black people, minority people, Chinese people. They're calling out minorities like it's nothing, and the police listens to them. They don't even listen to what we got to say. I don't get it. But that's, that's the term, that is the, um, the new terms of a life. This is what our life is under Trump. This is what it has turned into because of Trump. So I don't know. And I don't know what it's going to take to get rid of that cockroach. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I actually have a, I, to Vanessa's point, I actually have a story. Uh, I'll be really quick, a quick story about that. I'm, I run a, um, I'm on a park association's board. And this black woman who does her walking, they have a group that kind of does exercising, and, and they, ha- they have a trainer early in the morning. And the park and rec from the city, aid comes there, um, and the police show up because some white man was kind of harassing her. They were going to have this jazz in the city kind of event going there. And so she, um, when the police show up, the police goes to the black woman, but the woman who works for the city goes to the white man and said, what the pro- what's the problem? She said, wait a minute, I'm the one that's getting harassed by him. And she said, well, I just want to hear his side of the story. And she texted me. I texted the mayor, and I was like, call her. And he did. Because the problem is, is that by default, black people aren't believed. And so white folks feel like they can do anything they want to black people without us yep. having any yep. kind of recourse. Yep. So sometimes you just have to kick them. So Vanessa, kick them when you feel up to it. I mean, but some of them are crazy, so some of them you just have to leave alone. But at the same time, when you're law-abiding, you have to stand up and be like, listen, you can talk to everybody else like that, but you don't walk away from me. You have yeah. to make that happen, you know. Yeah, and but like you said, Jerome, uh, that case is a perfect example because you can. I mean, once again, the, 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 you know what we're talking about during this segment, the fact that once again this kid, this guy, uh, broke up the fight. Now, listen, I'm trying to always try to play devil's advocate, and maybe the cops showed up and saw somebody with a handgun. Okay, fine, all right? You don't know who's what, how, and when. You show up, you heard there's a fight, you see a gun, you know, you kind of react the way you react. But what makes it worse is the fact that we find these texts that you're sending to other people saying that you don't like black people, that black men should bow down to you. And because if it wasn't for him, then they'd be in poverty. The reason why they're enjoying the fruits of life is because of what he provided for them, the white man who stole freaking the country from indigenous people. But that guy, right, him, the people that actually had slaves, you know, we're lazy, but they're the ones who had slaves taking care of their babies and cleaning up their houses, even built the freaking White House. But those people, we're supposed to thank you. Right. Right. So so, so at the end of the day, we can say what we want to say, but, but, but like you were saying, you know, this is dangerous. Because they'll walk up on the scene and they're going to assume that white is right. And, and that's just yeah. the way it's going to be. Yeah. Mr. Elias, man, what say you? You know something, Jay. You know this is this is nothing new to us, but what well, it should be damn shame of it all. It should be something new. These people are are are, are they, they feel like they rule over us, and Trump is giving them a a insight to say, you know, 
I, I, I listen to how these white people talk about Trump. He's so funny. He says things I would love to say. But have, have, have the cojones enough to say what you want to say. Run from it. Be a man about it and say what you want to say. Yeah, who's the one? Make me a difference. They got the First Amendment rights, which they're going to, it's an office, they're going to try and take away. I love how these people say, oh, you know, they, they, that Trump is not going to do all this. He's just joshing, being serious. He just said that in, 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 as he was joking. As he was grabbing one by the coochie, that was just locker room talk. So I bet Eugene Carroll ain't saying that was locker room talk, huh? He ain't saying that. Yeah. No, she's not. And you know what? And she's definitely not saying because once she won her original suit, he came out and said something crazy. She drug his ass back in court again. Kudos for her. And if he gets out of this situation, uh, she's going to drag him back again. I mean, you know, I like the fact that her perseverance, you want to act stupid, I'm going to keep taking you to court. But you say, hey, play dumb games, win dumb rewards. So, you know, Ed, but, but, you know, the bigger issue is, and I remember telling this story a long time ago, uh, on this network, not on this show, but on this network, where my brother got pulled over by a Maryville police officer who had an itchy trigger finger because his car stopped, and he he was feared for his life. But these are the types of people who are enforcing the law. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, the right thing will be done. And we can't sit here and say that, you know, current cops haven't been put in jail. It, it, they have. But come on, you know, it's like me yelling at the referees in my daughter's game. When they make a great call, everybody wants to applaud. I say, yeah, well, great. That's one out of ten. You missed nine other ones. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But, you know, the bottom line is we just have to be careful. You just have to stay diligent. And, you know, some of us are going to be collateral damage. Some of us are going to be collateral damage because of this nonsense. Mr. Elias, man, I'm going to give you the last word. What I believe is, is that this, this this officer need you know never to, his, his records need to be uh, and he needs to never be into a police uh, force again because you know what they'll they'll move him down the road it's like kicking a can down the road and yep. police force soon. Isn't that amazing how you can get fired from one department and then you can go somewhere else on her? Yep, it's amazing. What they're gonna do. There's a there's a guy that I think he's entertaining as hell. He's on TikTok or on I on Instagram. His name is uh it's, it's called Friday with Frank, and he's a uh, he's a, a DPS officer I think in uh, Arizona. And so it's funny, but I was reading some of the comments and they were saying this guy had gotten fired from another police department and now here he is. For X, Y, Z. So I say, I can't be watching this anymore because I didn't know. Now, I need to go do my research because that just could be somebody being a troll. But usually when people put those types of remarks in the comments, you know, there's some validity to them. And so, you know, he had charges at another uh, department, but now he's this Internet sensation uh, uh, with this new uh, department that he's working for. And it just goes to show you that they don't talk to each other. You can leave off bad information on your resume, and, uh, you know, they won't uh, – I'll say that out loud, but now I'm thinking about this. Who's going to put bad stuff on their resume, regardless of what your profession is? 
because of the type of profession that they have, I think that there should be some type of nationwide system. Because if you're a bad cop, you shouldn't be allowed to go somewhere else uh, to be a bad cop because, you know, you have people's lives literally in your hand versus other corporate situations that may not be the case per se. So, anyway, interesting. Yeah, here, here's, here's a dilemma. A dilemma on mm-hmm. that is that they hire people who are, are bad people to deal with bad people. That's their theory. Right, mm, so they get yeah. overly aggressive people, people who come out of the military, people who come out of um, you know situations that will you know former athletes, people with high testosterone, yeah. like bullies. They hire that's yeah. where bullies go to live, right? They go to police department, and it's a part of that to say no, we want to forcefully overwhelm you to com- to comply, and they don't know how to handle their um their own like mental well-being and mental health they don't have balance and so that's why anytime you get pulled over you should call for like a sergeant or lieutenant or somebody who's in command because they are not paralegals they don't know the law right yeah and we've seen a thousand examples of people not knowing the law and the street attorneys correcting them on the spot all right we're going to somehow take a last break we have a fastest steve state your case coming up and boy we have a lot of comments to read we'll be right back after this Today marks the one-year anniversary of one of California's deadliest mass shootings. Eleven people were killed in an attack on a ballroom dance studio in Monterey Park, several miles outside of L.A. Josie Wong from member station LAS says the community will be holding remembrance events throughout the day. The largest gathering will be at a candlelight vigil at Monterey Park City Hall. Those expected to speak include survivors of the attack on the Star Ballroom Dance Studio and family members of victims, most of whom were in their 60s and 70s. The 72-year-old gunman reportedly had once been part of the same ballroom dance community of Asian immigrants. He was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Police have not provided a motive. After tonight's vigil, many of the survivors plan to meet up at a restaurant for a meal and to dance, the organizer says, in defiance of the attack on their community. For NPR News, I'm Josie Huang in Monterey Park. The San Francisco 49ers are on their way to a third straight NFC championship game, defeating the Green Bay Packers in a second-half comeback in a divisional round playoff 24-21. The Baltimore Ravens Saturday crushed the Houston Texans 34-10 to advance to the AFC championship game. Baltimore will host the AFC title game for the first time since January 1971, will take on the winner of today's matchup between Buffalo and Kansas City, and the Bills are hosting that game in Buffalo. The Chiefs are anticipating an appearance from their most famous fan, Taylor Swift, whose boyfriend is Travis Kelsey. I'm Louise Schiavone, NPR News, Washington. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com slash NPR. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. Listen to this podcast sponsor-free on Amazon Music with a Prime membership or any podcast app by subscribing to NPR News Now Plus at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org. Online radio at its best. All right, 
right, folks, it is time for State Your Case. Pastor Steve, State Your Case, where we read uh, comments from our world-famous chat room and from social media sites that we follow. Tell the man, who do you have and what do you have? Yeah, Jockey, when he says, in my humble opinion, Fannie Willis, through the, the people that she's trying to prosecute, some red meat, and they're going to eat her lunch. People should not give her a pass. Let me read some here. Uh, I have, uh, you know, obviously our, one of our famous clergymen, Pastor Steve states, it's actually, you know, this is actually his segment. It says, uh, he's all, he always, here we go, uh, peace and blessings, family. Mr. Elias brought up an excellent point about our brothers and sisters who are holding Biden to a different standard than Trump. So much I want to say, but I can't because of, let's just say, policies in the pulpit. I will end with this. Continue to pray for our nation, our president, and our people. God bless. Well said, Pastor. Well said. And I completely understand why. Uh, let's see here. Let me see. Can I get some of these in? Uh, Crystal from Miami, Florida. It's Bill Clinton all over again. Dems are always just to find the wrongs of their politicians. Blah, blah, blah. Damn. I should have pre-read that before I read it. Thank you, Crystal, for your <laughs> opinion that we don't want. All right, Patricia from Cleveland. <laughs> I uh, can't believe can't believe I'm just I can't believe I am just I can't believe I am saying this okay but I agree with Jay on the Fannie Willis topic it is a bad look I'm usually on Jerome's team but I'm with Jay on this one you all be blessed okay uh, Canada Houston Texas uh, let's see okay so, uh, it's called an opinion Jerome you are entitled to yours, and we are entitled to ours. I agree with Mr. Elias. Now that the conspiracy theories will be on every conservative talk radio and TV show all over the world, you talk about black-on-black crime. It is a crime when we don't speak out when our people are not handling their business. It's called constructive criticism. I'm done. Thank you, Kennedy. Uh, Tommy from <laughs> Dallas, Texas, Cancun Cruz. I'm with you, Miss V. Please, God, make it so. <laughs> me too, Tommy. Uh, let's see. Let me think. Can I get a few more? Uh, Jacob. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jay. Was waiting to see if you had any integrity. What the hell are you talking about, Jacob? Okay, thanks. Uh, Felicity they, from. That, huh? They, were, they were just commenting and saying that they're happy that you went after Fannie Willis. The, the integrity is we should go after black people like we go after white folks. That's what everybody's no, I don't think, saying. No, this one came in earlier in the show. It's before we talked about anything uh, about that. So oh, it must okay. be something else. Okay, I don't know what it is. All right, okay. Velicity uh, from Washington, D.C., uh, she said, I just wanted to say that I love your music selections. Question, why is your audio feed in mono? Our heart is a digital app, and it should sound better in my car. Sweetie, don't even get me started on that, but thank you for listening. Uh, Rodney from San Francisco, first-time listener. How old is this podcast? Glad I found it. I never trusted the police. Well, uh, this I don't like to say iPad podcast because that's Apple. Uh, but anyway, we've been around for a long time. Let, let me get one more in. Uh, Mitchell from Chicago. Reverb is bad, hard to hear. Oh, okay, sorry, Mitchell. I don't know what to do about that. Okay. Um, and on that note... Online radio at its best. All right, folks, uh, it is time for our final thoughts. And, uh, Troll Man, final thoughts. Okay. 
Okay. You want Okay, so I'll go. Now, let me say this, because I know people think that I'm saying ignore Fannie Willis. I'm not saying ignore her. What I'm saying is that there are bigger th- bigger fish to fry. That is a local issue. They can handle that. If they want to vote her out of office, vote her out of office. I'm not saying what she did was right or wrong. My point that I was just making is that there are a lot of things that are going on, and we tend to focus and get emotional over things when it's critiquing black people more than anybody else. That's what a black-on-black crime is to me. We overtly focus and use our energy and our emotions towards things that really mean nothing across the board. Fannie Willis doing her job has nothing to do with who she sleeps with. That's the point that I was making. I, you guys can have your opinion on what you think about what she did. I don't have an opinion on it. That's it. All right. Good stuff. The man has spoken. So in other words, he's saying, uh, don't cry, dry your eye, whoever made those comments. All right. Uh, the man against the first and the last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man. Final thoughts. Folks, get out and vote, and get out and vote like you've never voted before because I know we say this all the time. The election is one of the most important elections. If you don't get out and vote, realize what we're saying is true. And it's telling you points in time he wants to do to you. He wants to do it. He wants to take over and... Come the, the and, and 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 invoke the insurrection act so that it's sort of he does lose the election. Hey, look, this is what's happening, and he's already juicing you up by saying, "Hey, look, I should have if I cross the line, I should have immunity." If that's the case, then Joe Biden should have have the same immunity to take his ass out, shouldn't he? what happened if yeah. Joe Biden did that? Yeah, yeah, someone brought that up. Okay, so if Joe Biden took him out, so you're saying if he can't be arrested, interesting. Good point, Mr. Elias. Yep. Way to, way to put a bone there. You should have a Yeah, that's true. That's right. President Biden, food for thought. <laughs> All right, my father. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I just want to say thank oh, you to everybody no. who came over for my birthday. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, Vanessa showing up was a surprise. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you for all the well wishes. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, you don't have to be here, you know, And uh, but, hey, you come and listen, and uh, we are very appreciative of it. I uh, got a call from somebody saying that they want to, they said, are we thinking about invest? He said, if we're thinking about going YouTube via Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocinco style, that they'd be willing to invest. So we'll see what happens with all that. Uh, but anyway, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to, you know, talk to you every Sunday right here in this space, our space. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side of the J. I don't know if we're doing a, uh, if we're staying on after this, but uh, for Mr. Elias, for Vanessa, for Jerome, I'm Jay Riles, and have a wonderful work week. And uh, Jerome, are we uh, continuing the party, or are we out? We, we, can make, we can make it hot if you guys are ready. Oh, wait a minute. He said, he, he said he, we can make it happen. Cat, that's what he said, so hang around, because you know what? That means, it means that it's time for this. Five, four, three, two, one.
The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Folks, it's been a long time. First one and first show in 2024. <laughs> it is on a need to know basis with the king. The king, he the king. You never knew Martin Luther the king. That's yes, I did. Crowd. No, you didn't. <laughs> I know you did. Yes, I did. Um. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Drum roll, please, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Jerome, it's been a long hey, time, brother. Say, look, don't have the spirit of Whitney Houston coming after me. That's the king. <laughs> Bobby Brown. That's your R&B. Hey, is G. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was just the R&B? Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's King R and B. It's King R and B. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 was right. that was Randall Watson. Uh, yeah, talking about somebody. That boy oh, could good, okay. good time. Yeah, <laughs> you never met my Luther King. Okay, because you're about to have me scared of going to sleep tonight because Whitney Houston nah. was going to show up. No, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. And I will always love you. Yeah, okay. Oh, no. It's all on you, sir. Hey, I was going to say, what do you... Okay, so before you leave... um, Yes. I just want to ask, what do you guys do for Martin Luther King King birthday? Now, someone called me and Uh asked me... What, what am I going to do for Martin Luther King's birthday? So I want to ask both of y'all, which which I do for Martin Luther King's birthday? Well, I'm going to tell you what I did. What I did was what I do every year. I always go back, and that last speech that he gave has such a profound impact on me. I go back and watch that every time, bro, every, every time. And I sit, I spend the day just reflecting on you know what positive impact he had on our nation. That's what I do every K- uh, Martin Luther King uh, day. That's what I do. Okay. Les, Leah. Uh man, I, I actually I just watched a couple of videos of him. That was about it. That's all I did, man. YouTube. Okay. <laughs> hey, now so this gonna sound strange, but I do nothing. Because here's the thing: somebody asked me, they were like, "Hey, it's a day of service. Do you get out and do service?" And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you understand that Martin Luther King was not very popular when he lived, right? And we keep watering down, like you said, you, you listened or watched the last speech that he did. But most people think in 1963, Martin Luther King, you know, that I have a dream speech one. And it disturbs me every year of Martin Luther King's birthday that we can't talk about Martin Luther King. Like that. The, the U.S. government was found of conspiracy to murder Martin Luther King. We don't talk about that on his birthday. We don't talk about the fact that he said he fears that they were integrating into a burning house. He feared that he was integrating his people. Into, like, we won't talk about the truth of Martin Luther King. We have this fictitious, watered-down version of Martin Luther King, and it just disturbs me. So I do nothing on Martin Luther King's birthday. Well, wow. Yeah, I uh, that. I was like, now wow. that you put that out there, I think we're going to have to do that on our show. So, Jerome, uh, next year, be ready. We're rolling. We're going all the way in. we all in, brother. Oh, okay. I saw that when he said that's what he feared. The day we were integrating into a burning house, I was like, oh, my God. Yes, because Martin Luther King said, yeah, Martin Luther King said that, um, 
he they felt like they needed to go to a more aggressive nonviolence and take the women and children out of the struggle because he didn't think that white folks was actually understanding like just in their humanity they were not letting up off of us so we just can't keep asking people to slaughter us because that was just a strategy the sit-ins the nonviolent that was a strategy and he was like that's not working but what we hear from people all the time is go back to the strategy that didn't work for Martin Luther King because he promoted it in 63. But in 68, that was a different cat. You know? It was. So, he, he got away from the nonviolence. Yeah. Yep. So you just can't take the piece that you like and then try to beat everybody else's other stuff. So I just wanted to, wanted to start off with that because it is Martin Luther King's birthday week. And you know... Our next show, well, not the next show, but we'll be getting close to our Black History Month stuff, so we'll talk about that again. Um, you know, I don't believe in Black History Month either, but we're going to talk about that during Black History Month. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I guess our, our first story, you know, vinyl records uh, are selling out CDs by about $700 million. Do you know that people are buying records like that now? Yeah, I watched it on Instagram, it's this young lady. Her name is Lindsay Renee, and man, she's into uh-huh. vinyl records, man. And this young girl had to be like eighteen, nineteen, but man, she plays some hits uh-huh. from from the sixties, seventies, and eighties. And I'm like, wow, how do you know about this? I mean, this is a young girl, and she's getting into it. So yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the weird thing about that is that this is the first time since 1987 that vinyl records has outsold CDs. It outsold it by seven hundred million. I mean, I know wow. with the young kids, they do they do streaming services and stuff, opposed to going to buying CDs. But CD sales, when everybody was like, "This is the future," that's it. CD sales are pretty much in the tank compared to vinyl. Nay, see, I knew I should have kept my my Technique twelve twelve hundred. <laughs> you know, I should have kept a record I'm not, player. I'm, I, I was just going to say, I'm glad I held on to my record player. <laughs> I'm glad I held on you to know, it. Wow. Man, I, actually, I do have some turntables, but the other ones I got rid of. And I do, I was going to give all my records to an artist that I know who, you know, he's still making music and stuff. And I'm like, I have this vinyl that uh, has been sitting here collecting dust. And I was going to give them all to add to his collection. But now that it's coming back, I might be eBaying them that baby on Friday. <laughs> I gotta sell them because you know, that's where the money is. Back, back that's in it. Yeah, but you know, records actually sound better than CDs anyway. And that was the the problem with CDs is because digital signals they don't um, they have hard cutoffs if you know what that means. And so when you listen to an instrument. Live, it sounds very different than you listening to um, listening to it digitally. So vinyl records gets more of a sound, a better quality of sound than a CD. It's just sharper on a CD, but the vinyl actually gives you more um, more of the musical aspects of instruments. So yeah, so that's that's interesting that that came out. Now um, I did not know that. Yeah, yep. It, it, I thought it, I thought CDs would fail because of that, because I'm like, it, it. If you're listening to music, the music sounds a little bit different because it has a hard cutoff, 
Like, it's like a digital phone. Remember, okay, I want to show my age again. But remember cell phones, if you were talking on a cell phone and you lost somebody, all you had to do was wait about five, ten seconds and they'll come back. <laughs> right? Remember, like, right. It was like right. driving. Yeah. Right? If you were driving and you lost somebody, you would just be like, all right, I can't hear you. And then they'd come back. Well, once they yeah. turned mm-hmm. to digital, yeah, once they came to digital um, frequencies, as soon as they dropped, it was a business signal. You just lost them. And so that's why our emergency signals, you know, when it comes to first responders and all that stuff, they still use hand radios because it uses the curvature of the earth opposed to a digital signal that you can lose somebody. So if you had a signal that, you know, you were lost in the woods, and you have one of those frequencies that will always pick you up where that digital signal will just lose you. So the technology is very different. We didn't get better, put it that way. Things have gotten a little bit more complex. Yep. So, you know, um, last year was officially the hottest year on record with global temperatures close to, I guess it's 1.5 degrees Celsius. And so scientists are warning us that, you know, the last year, that, that it's just going to get hotter. So the EU is saying climate change wow. um, is, is going to get us. And last year, the heat record set at eight, that was set eight years ago is, um, is, uh, has been smashed. And so we just keep getting hotter. But don't worry about that because you know what the Republicans say. Well, it was going to get hot anyway, right? Like they're just talking yeah. noise. Yeah. It's gonna hit. It's gonna hit us. Um, rising sea levels, they're saying, um, will lead a surge in young people migrating away from the coast. And the study shows estimates um, the shift could result into the medium age of coastal communities climbing as much as 10 years older by 2000, uh, uh, 2100. So what happens is that young people move around a lot. And being that climate change is making the coastal areas unsafe, like there's going to be more water, more hurricanes, whatever, younger people are going to move, but older people who already paid for their houses ain't going to move. <laughs> so they're like the coastal population is going to get higher. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They said that coastal populations are projected to pass 1 billion people this century worldwide. 1 billion people. So it's going to force hundreds of millions of people to move farther inland. That is, you know. But this, this, um, you know, sociologist from, I guess he's a professor at Florida State, you know, expressed that the hope that these new predictive models will help local communities prepare for um, disruption in services like health care and all that other stuff. But that's why they did the model. But, yeah, we we... We better stop ignoring that the sea levels are rising because it ain't stopping. I saw now, Freddie on that. They uh, were talking about the sea levels. And they said they definitely are rising, man. And this is nothing new. I mean, it's no joke. People better start paying attention to that stuff. Yeah. At, at least start, um, you know, paying attention enough that they start, you know, securing themselves because these floods are, are going to keep increasing. Um and we're going to still have to kind of adjust to, like they said, health care. You're going to, deli- you know, emergency services and all of that other stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's going to get better before it gets worse. 
Now, the U.S. Uh, officially warned um, that nearly 75% of Americans are at risk of earthquakes because they said they uncovered some more fault ah. lines. And they're saying that the, the U.S. Geological Survey created an updated model which shows an increase of risk of damage earth, damaging earthquakes in the northern Atlantic Coastal Corridor, which is D.C., Washington, Boston, Boston and Washington. Um, they, the new models have been transformed into a map, and it shows the chance of damaging earthquakes striking, striking different parts of the U.S., um, like California coast has a 95% chance, as we all knew. But New York City is up 25% chance in the next 100 years. You know, so, yeah. So you think about it. Whoa. Our water levels are going up, and now that's creating more pressure on the Earth's crust. And so we're going to probably have more earthquakes. It's all connected. Mm. Um, <laughs> now, yep. now, Apple... Their $85 billion revenue from in-app purchases is going to take a hit because the Supreme Court um, is um, breaking up the, their, their monopoly. So you know how you go have an in-app purchase? Yeah, the in-app purchase account um, for $85 billion of Apple's revenue uh, during this fiscal year that ended in September – but a court ruling said that Apple must insert outside payment applications. So you could use a different payment. Apple wouldn't let you, but you may be able to use, like, Cash App or PayPal or something else opposed to Apple. But they make $85 billion a year just by processing wow. your payment. That's, that's funny how you can make money off of other people's money. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll pay them. You know, and then you charge them for paying them through you. $85 billion. All right. Now, the U.S. mortgage so rates have fallen to their low. Go ahead. They you got understand money. this. You're just saying if you got an Apple phone and you want to pay, you got to use Apple Pay. You can't use PayPal or nothing like that. Right. You have to use Apple Pay. Yep. But the Supreme Court ruled I didn't know that. against the habit. You have what? Samsung, so I didn't know yeah. that. Oh yeah, yep. Because Apple didn't allow other people to use their their um, platform anyway. Because when Microsoft did it years ago, since they were the the biggest um, software company, they broke them up. So they allowed you to use other software on you know these um, on your Windows system. But they could have locked it down too and been like, nope. You're only using, you know, Word and Excel and all these other things, but they had to open up their source code to let other applications run on their system because it is a monopoly when everybody, um, your customer base can only use your product. But that's how Apple made all its money. Apple has always been smaller than IBM. You know, IBM still big blue. They still have a ton of money. But all of your PC, the reason they call them, PCs, IBMs, is because they were all IBM platforms. But Apple, you know, had this small – It's like you know what Apple reminds me of? The Republican Party, a small but loyal group, right? So Republicans are like 30%. They're about 30% of the population, if that much. I don't even think they're that much. But they're like roughly 20 30% of the population. But 20% or 30% runs that 30%. And – 
it makes you believe, like media makes you believe that it's either Republican or Democrat, like they're even. They have never been even. There's not that many Republicans. But they are loud, they have the money, and they have the resources to make you believe that they're bigger than they are. So, again, that's why people fear Trump, because they're like, like, well, he should win. Yeah. Like Russia. Yeah. Make you like Russia and fear Trump. Yes. Yep. Now, um, home sales actually fell to their lowest levels in 28 years um, in 19, in, last year. But experts uh, say things are looking up for 2024. And, um, you know, mortgage rates have fallen to their lowest level since last May. So, you know, I don't know what that means. Home sales fail, but mortgage rates is also falling, which means they're expecting home sales to go back up. They was trying to make too much money off of their, <laughs> off of their sales. Um, Walgreens, that the guy, yeah, the guy who heads Walgreens um, led a group of rich folks, and they're asking to be taxed more. After one investigation found that America's richest citizens, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they only pay 3.4 percent on their income, so a senior Walmart executive and a Disney heir are among the the wealthy people calling to be taxed more. Um, for um, to combat global inequity. Now, okay, so here's here's the thing about catch. that too, is that what you say? The catch, the catch. Yeah, the rich folks well, is always a catch. No, but you know what? This group of folks, and I remember, I don't remember what the Disney the, and she's a Disney, like it was her great grandfather's company. I remember them doing Obama time trying to get them to raise tax on rich people because rich people pay like zero and poor people are taking the brunt of the taxes and they're like um as trump gave like a trillion dollars a tax break and so whenever we as a country say oh we don't have no money to pay reparations is because you don't let rich people pay their fair share in taxes they took a trillion dollars out of our out of yeah out of the coffers for the federal government and stop rich people from paying their taxes. And so sometimes if you have any kind of sense, it is not good to be rich when everybody is poor. That means you are going to be lunch. <laughs> so they get real careful about saying, uh, no, 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 don't tax us, just tax poor people, because if you're the only rich person, you can't go outside. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't a good place to be. Now, since, since we missed, um, our opening show of the year. I'm going to go over some new laws from 2020 for for this year because I didn't do them um, on our last show. So, yeah. So, nearly half of all U.S. states will increase their minimum wage this year. Um, so, the hikes took effect after January 1st. So, Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Michigan. Good. Minnesota, uh, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, North Dakota, Vermont, and Washington, plus Washington, D.C., um, they have all raised their minimum wage. And so Nevada and Oregon will um, increase theirs in July 1st um, from 15, I guess it's 15.74 is what they're raising it. Um, no, I'm sorry. They're going to raise it to 1628 from 1574. 
And Hawaii will see the largest increase in its minimum wage from $12 to $14. And D.C. will have the highest minimum wage in the country at seventeen oh five. Now, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. Then we talked about this last show, and I, I, for some reason, I remember Vanessa saying something about minimum wage and yelling about it. <laughs> Vanessa was like, "They getting too much yeah, money." She's talking about, <laughs> talking about the people in Cal- and the people in California are making the same. Oh, the, the, the restaurant burger flippers are making the same as the, the, as the somebody who, when you greet them in the office, and she said she didn't think that was fair. Somebody to take care of blood. Yeah. Nope. California. Yeah, and yeah, but I remember saying that, and I actually knew this news story. But California is not that high. Um, D.C. has the highest in the country at seventeen oh five. So no, California does not making twenty five dollars an hour at Burger King. But it just tells you, you know, if you go back and look at history of, of how tipping works, is that that was just a racist thing that white folks did to say that if you work and people like you, they can give you more money. They didn't really have a base salary, um, a minimum wage that they paid anybody fair wages. They made you make your own money. So they're like, you could work for free and just let people tip you. But that was during the time that um, they were kind of depriving black folks of money. Like, white folks can tip you if you are courteous to them. You don't deserve a living wage. Yeah. Again, history's not all that it's cracked up to be. (laughs) It, It may make you mad a little bit. Uh, you know, um, starting in January, California required its major retailers in the state to include a gender-neutral toy section. Now, I don't know if I agree with this, but they said the new section won't be allowed to be marked just for boys or girls, but rather include a reasonable um, section. I don't know what that means, but it's a reasonable uh, I'm sorry, selection of toys that could be marketed to children of either sex but the law won't require stores to eliminate their boy girl focus in their toy sections but rather add toys to a section including one that's reasonably applied to a child of any gender you know okay so here's where i'm a little conservative i don't understand this stuff at all do you no i don't we don't yeah yeah, I, I, I really don't. If a girl gravitates towards a doll, you shouldn't say, hey, let me give my son a doll so that he has bad. Like, you can't make kids want one thing or the other. So it, it doesn't make sense. To, I don't know. I'm not a child psychologist. I have no clue what that means. <laughs> but it just seems like there's the been a, there, It just seems like. Huh? What would you say? Join the club. Join the club. I don't understand it either. Yeah, that that was that was always strange, but I guess I just didn't say it out loud. <laughs> like I, I know just like most of the time when you say something, um, people have these really strong opinions because of how they're scarred, you know. So they'll be like, in my house, they wouldn't let us. And I'm like, I don't know about your house. I just know that I was not interested in Barbie. Like I don't know what that means. And if you would have threw one at me, I would have ran it with my little Evo Knievel set and threw it down the stairs and blew its head off. Like it would have been like little boys don't play with those things like that. We're not gonna do dinner uh, a dinner party. It just it'll just be something that 
you know, we're going to stomp on it something, at some point. So anyway, I don't get it, but send your letters to Jay. <laughs> like, if you want Jay to explain that, I don't think we're going to do that well. All right. Illinois will become the first state to enforce a law that outlaws banning books. So the law requires the state librarian and library staff members to adopt the American Library Association Library Bill of Rights statewide. The document states that reading materials should not be prescribed or removed because of partisanship or personal um, disapproval. So public libraries that do not adopt the association's language or develop similarly worded um, prohibitions will be ineligible for state grants. So, but they're the first state to do that, and all, all states should do that anyway. They should ban that stuff. You know? Yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, you watch Jordan Reed show. Like Who did? Reed had this lady on her show. It was like women. Uh, Joy Reed had this lady on her show. It was like for freedom or something like that, and. She said that over 600 books had been canceled in Florida, and it was due to two two people didn't like what was going on in Florida. And this and this way they had to argue back and forth. And Joy Reid said, "Hey, why don't y'all just adopt the uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a petition uh, form where you can opt out, have your child opt out if they don't want to read that book, but don't take that book out the library. Right. Why wouldn't you do something like that?" Listen, that's a good idea, but you know, yeah, y'all don't want y'all don't want Black History taught us what it is, right? So, because you can do that for anything. If your if your kid is going on a field trip, you can opt out of letting them go to something that you don't want them to go to. Well, how come you couldn't opt out of the reading certain books if you didn't want them to read it? But how colonizers work generally is that they want to control what it is that you know and what you learn instead of instead of from a freedom standpoint, that you get to determine what it is that you want to know and what you want to learn. They won't take their own responsibility. They're trying to stop other people from, um, you know, they're trying to stop other people's movement and what they learn and what they think. And I think that's a horrible way to be as a society, but we pendulum swing to this every now and then, um, that we don't have an understanding of what is our own personal issues opposed to what we're doing to affect other people. It was like earlier um, last show that I was saying that about the thing that was going on in Georgia. I personally don't care one way or another, so I don't have an opinion on that. I do have an opinion, you know, on the fact that we are focusing on something that is feeding somebody else's agenda. I do care about that, right? So, yeah, that that is the thing. If there's an American Library Association Libraries Bill of Rights. Adopt that and say, hey, this should be or should not be in a in the library. But everything right. shouldn't ban a book. And I think that woman, I, I think I remember who you're talking about. The woman was saying that you should be able to just buy whatever book you want in your house. Everybody can't buy stuff. Just put it in the library. Exactly what Joyce said. Joyce said, what about those people who can't afford it? But, but the people who can, but, but, and other people that you that, that are fighting this case, they get to have their books in there. Why, why, why yeah. determining what our kids and can and cannot read? All books should be in there. If you don't want your kid to read, just opt out, sign this form, 
and then your child can't read that book. It's problem solved. Yeah, I can't remember. There was a um, there was a, um, a school district that was taking out. I want to say it was in Florida. They were taking out the libraries to have like uh, they it wasn't doing study hall. It was like detention. So they wanted to have detention in the libraries, and it's like, well, what are you going to do with the libraries? Oh, we're going to just take us take the books out. So that's their other answer. Of just not having libraries in school, which doesn't make sense because what is a school then? If you can't learn anything there, there are many prisons. Is what it sounds like. That's all it is. Yep. Yep. Back now New York. Yep, that's what it sounds like. That's what they want to make it. Because remember, they started taking out libraries out of prisons. You know, I don't know if you saw this. Someone sent me um, a TikTok or something of this sheriff who was complaining in Louisiana that they were letting out too many prisoners that they didn't have anybody to clean the side of the roads and to do, you know, change oil in people's cars. He was complaining that they wouldn't have the labor force if they let all the good prisoners out of jail and kept the hardened criminals because if they let the hardened criminals clean the roads, they may run off and they're more of a problem. So they need to keep the people who were not as bad in jail. That was his press conference. I don't know. Did you, did you see that at all? I did. I saw that one. And I thought to myself, it's a business, man. They're making more money off that thing than all the way out. How they get that? Yep. yep. It, it's, it's a business. So they wanted to keep people in jail just so that they can have somebody do some work for them. Now, the... Um, you know, New York State wants to ban, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say want to. New York State will ban pet stores from selling dogs, cats, and rabbits this year to protect animals from poor treatment and conditions in some commercial, commercial breeding operations called puppy mills. So the law does not bar shops from showing animals that come from shelters for the purpose of, uh, you know, adoption. Um, but... Um, that's crazy. Well, I don't know. I mean, but they're banning people from having pet stores in New York State. I think that's a bit too much, but that's just me. All right. Um, also, in New York State, colleges will be required to post um, campus crime statistics on their website and investigate hate crimes. So they will have, um, you know, Another law that said that they would have, you know, they need to identify having lifeguards at pools and beaches and children's camps. Um, those guys can be now 15 for lifeguards and, and, um, and camps. You can be 15 years old if they're directly supervised. So if you want to send your kid to the pool in New York State, some of the kids that may be lifeguards may be 15. I don't think that's a problem either. You know, if you can swim, so be it. You know, but they have to be properly supervised. Um, oh, also, non-public schools will have to provide free menstrual products. I won't go any farther than that, but that's in New York State. That's just a new law that happened um, at the beginning of the year. Now, in Connecticut, um, it established a framework for early in-person voting requiring a 14-day voting period for general elections 
and a seven-day period for most primaries and a four-day early voting period for special Olymp- uh, elections and presidential um, preference primaries. So they are, look like they're increasing their scope of voting in Connecticut, where most states are trying to stop people from voting. Connecticut just um, increased, you know, the, the days for voting. Now, a new law in Pennsylvania makes it makes porch pirating a felony. So there are now specific penalties for mail theft, including the theft of a package, bag, or letter. So the new law focuses on repeat offenders and use a grading system to increase the penalties if the thief had prior mail theft um, convictions. So also in Connecticut, health care providers that are overseeing professional instruction or clinical training programs must obtain specific um, informed consent in verbal or written form before performing pelvic examinations, rectal examinations, and prostate examinations. So I don't know if you ever heard this before, but they put this law in effect Um, And the bill sponsor said, it is a shocking and disturbing realization for many people that medical students may perform pelvic um, examination on female patients who are under anesthesia for unrelated procedure. Did you know they did that? Yeah. I know that. Yeah. That that sounds like rape to me, though. (laughs) Like, you could go in there and they put you under. Yeah. But the person who sponsored the bill said that the, the new laws, um, you know, are, are put there because they would do, they would let students do pelvic exam and prostate exams and rectal exams just because you were under sedation, no matter what the procedure was. I guarantee you I ain't going to no teaching hospital. Because you know what it asks you, you, would you let medical students come in? I always say no. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I don't know what y'all trying to <laughs> trying while I'm here. Man. So um, there's also a new law that targets restrictive deed covenants, which are a tool of a systemic racism that is written into deeds, barring the sale of property to people of a particular race, ethnicity, or religion, religious group. So I don't know if um, everybody's heard of Levintown, but it's a development that happened in the 60s where they started putting into the into their deeds that they couldn't sell to black people. Do you know a lot of a lot of um, suburban communities still have those in their deeds? So that's how they kept black people oh, out of um what you say? Back for a fact. We had a guy in, in Chicago's comedian on the Michael Basin show. And he bought property on the Gold Coast, right? He mm-hmm. bought it through his real estate agent. When he bought the property through his real estate agent, he came in to sign the paperwork on the last day, told him, mm-hmm. we're not selling to you. Like, why are you not selling to you? And, and like, this is obvious. So they paid that guy $15 right. million to go away. Millions of dollars yep. to go away. I was like, oh, he shouldn't have took that money. I was like, yeah. I 
Right. Give me fifteen million dollars your way. I'll take your money. But you know, they have um, there's there's a long history of this. So there's the uh, the guy who owned Beatrice Cup companies. Can I think of his name? Reginald Lewis. And he wrote this book called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? And he tried to buy this Belgium um, ice cream maker for $300 million. And when they saw he was black, they would not sell it to him. $300 million, and they told him no. So he ended up, yeah, he ended up creating an entity of like these three or four white guys, and they went up and started buying up all of this stuff for him. Because they wouldn't sell it to him because he's black. They still, and again, this still is going on. So if you're young listening to the show, don't say, oh, that don't happen no more. Yes, yes, it is still happening. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. And that, you, you ever seen that movie, The Banker? What Daniel is it called? And, the, and the Banker. Oh, yes, The Banker. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. them brothers set it up so that the white boy would go in there and buy the business. And and it was them buying yep. it, and they owned half of Los Angeles. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and Los Angeles is an interesting story because Los Angeles still has this problem, whereas, you know, Los Angeles was founded by black folks. Like half of the town, like the founding fathers of the city of Los Angeles were black. And um I cannot remember his name. I had him on my show, on one of my shows years ago. Um, unfortunately, he's passed away now. But he wrote a book about bringing cable to Los Angeles. And so he wanted to, you know, build a cable company in the black neighborhoods where the white suburban Los Angeles um, had cable. They wouldn't sell him the rights to provide cable to black people until a white company oh. came in and they did it. So they told him he had to have $10 million in the bank for them to sign over the leases. And he had a friend who he went to, his brother went to medical school with. And um, I don't know what country he was from, but they were they had millions. And so the, his friend's father gave them $10 million, and they put it in escrow in the bank account, and they still wouldn't sell it to that black man. So he, he wrote a book about it, the fact that they didn't want black people owning anything that provided service to black people in Los Angeles. And this was in the 80s. I mean, I know that's 40 years, but that, they, uh, that's when that happened. When they first brought cable to Los Angeles, they still had the same problem. Now, um, Texas, the state of Texas, will no longer allow its publicly funded colleges and universities to have diversity equity and inclusion or DEI offices. Now that means that they have to disband and the employees have to be reassigned and they there cannot be any contractors performing those duties um, instead of the employees. <sighs> here we go. Diversity inclusion equity inclusion. They don't want that in Texas, so here we go. Um, also this um, property owners association will be required to adopt a formal and transparent policy on how they uh, levy fines and other violations against owners. So, you know, if you live in a homeowners association, the associations will have to um, send each property owner a a copy of their policies and post them on their website. And another law will crack down on the marketing of e-cigarettes to minors. 
So this means business owners could face fines up to six months in prison for giving e-cigarettes to minors. You know, I, and I know, you know, I don't live um, in a homeowners association area, but, um, yeah, when they give you fines for cutting your grass or painting your garage, they don't tell you, you know, oh, you have X amount of days to do this. They just send you a bill in the mail. So some of those homeowners associations are maddening from what I understand. I don't doubt it. Now, um, I, doubt it. I don't have it either, yeah. but I've seen them. I've yeah. Seen them. We can't have this. I'm glad code. I we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, because because they, the, um, the homeowners association come from that whole Levittown, from those planned communities, and white folks were like, we're going to move out here and have control over everything in our area. Like, I know there's one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you couldn't wear a white T-shirt in front of your house. I was like, what? And they were like, no, you can't do that out here. Yeah, you couldn't wear a white T-shirt in front of your house. You had to have another shirt on or a shirt on top of it. I mean, I understand they're like, you can't wash your car in front of your house kind of thing, but they said you couldn't wear a white T-shirt. That was against their homeowners, their their policy. And I had a conversation with one of my neighbors, this is uh, a few months ago, who was saying, like, I forgot what it was that she wanted to regulate. Like, she wanted to, something with trash. And I said to her, she goes, well, you know, in the suburbs and other communities that they regulate this stuff. And I explained to her the reason that they have trash um, regulations in suburban areas is because they collectively bought plots of their houses on private land. They have to pay the garbage collectors to come out there, whereas inside of the city, DPW's job is to do that. So that's not your job to pick up your neighbor's trash. You can be able to. You can call it DPW. You know, when you live in a city, they pay. They have employees at Department of Public Works, and they'll say, "Hey, you know, when the garbage trucks come around, pick up this." That's their job. So I think people don't know the difference when you have, um, you know, homeowners associations and all of that. So how that works, but it was built. It built off of racism and them trying to regulate the area pretty strictly. Wow. Now, um, in Tennessee, um, they're going to re- reimburse federally licensed gun shops that offer handgun safety. So their Department of Safety will pay up to $30 to approve handgun safety um, schools for each person who completes a handgun safety course for the first time. So <laughs> gun shops will have to meet the requirement set by the department to seek reimbursement, and the money will be used to offset the cost of um, handgun safety courses. Now, another law will require, what you say? It's hypocrisy, man, at its best. Because it's not the people that don't want it. It's not safe with the guns. It's going to be nuts that are you sell it to. Ah, right. God. Right. That should be your job to actually figure out how that thing works, but that's just me. Because I don't think we have enough gun uh, accidents for us to be regulating it so heavy. I think there's something crazy about that, but anyway, that's just me. Now, another law will require that breathalyzers installed in cars owned by people convicted of driving under the influence have to have GPS technology. Now, this is crazy to me. 
So the devices are usually used after a person has been convicted of uh, DUI, right, and installed in their vehicles is a way to guarantee that the driver is so- uh, sober. But the GPS technology specifically could be used to continuously track the person's vehicle. So if you got drunk, drove your car, they're going to track your car. This is in Tennessee, by the way, so if you want to know what that law is, just don't have a DUI in, T- in Tennessee because <laughs> they want to track your car. Um, in Florida, uh, known as the Protect Our Loved Ones Act, it authorized local law enforcement agencies to develop and maintain a database called the Special Persons Registry, and a database would account for people who may have suffered from developmental or um, psychological conditions as well as other disabilities. So they're going to keep a database. And now, okay, so the law specifically lists conditions as autism, spectrum disorder, or Down syndrome, or Alzheimer's, or dementia, so that if a police comes up and sees somebody and they give them their name and they're on this registry, that they try to get them help. But you know where this is going to go, Elias, for the police, right? Oh, we didn't know his name before we shot him. Oh, he's on the registry? My bad. I don't think a registry yeah, is going to help. Yeah, I for my life. Shit for my exactly. life. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We've seen this movie, so here we go. I fear for my life. Um, you know, four more states will begin requiring financial literacy courses in high school um, this year, Georgia, Indiana, Minnesota, and West Virginia. So financial literacy courses and personal finance courses uh, seek to educate students about how to earn, spend, and save, borrow, and protect their money as adults. So um, that's an interesting mix of states, Georgia, Indiana, Minnesota, and West Virginia. They are offering financial yeah, literacy courses. The only one of those is a blue state. Uh, you know, actually, I should yeah. say blue, but it's a purple state. Especially yeah. Indiana. Yeah. They love to keep our black folks dumb as hell. They don't care. Right. Right. So requiring them to take financial literacy is a whole other thing um, than saying that we're going to offer it. So, yes, yeah, I think they – I think that it's that part is because of our curriculums being decided. You know, like Texas, I don't know why we manufacture most of our textbooks from Texas, so when they start taking black people out of history right. <laughs> and doing one page of black history, um, Texas yeah. will regulate how they print them in their state, which you can print them someplace else, but there's no reason why New York has to use textbooks from Texas. It's crazy. That's true. Now, um I watched food this, and drug and I watched this lady on there. She's mm-hmm. I watched this lady on this uh, video and she was saying that her daughter would take a SAT and they were talking about a black history fact and and it's just talking about slavery and they said well it was undetermined what was going on with her. Well, you know what was going on with them, they were slaves. Right. 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 I, I guess people feel like they can spin this stuff any way they want to after the fact. And it's only white folks that do this, which is amazing to me, right? So just like when we have conversations, we'll say, hey, you know, um, so-and-so ran for 200 yards. You can go look it up. Like that's what the argument is. White folks are like, oh, y'all can't put that you ran for 200 yards on your website no more. And it's like, why? But that's what he did. And it's like, nope, we, we just don't want to know. 
And so they will take facts out and bury them so that even if you find them, then they'll start saying, well, where'd you get it from because I didn't see it. It's because you took it out. Like, so that is, that is pretty strange to me as a society that that's where we're going. But this has happened with, um, you know, people think that Greek and Roman societies are, are the basis of our, our societies now. But the, tru- the truth is, is that the libraries in Alexandria did not get burnt down. They took most of that stuff out of there and then burnt the, the library down. But they took the information in them. So the Vatican, I think, has about, what, eight miles of underground storage of books and information that they just pillaged from other places. They just took that stuff. So their societies are built on, you know, African societies, but we give credit to the Greeks and the Romans. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. Pythagorean theory. Is, yeah, he learned that from the stuff that he stole from that other library. And now you're naming it after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we got to get over that. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, so the, the last uh, law that I have is the Food and Drug Administration made a decision in July to approve the first non-prescription oral contraception contraceptive and is expected to allow access to birth control to expand um, with this new drug. It's called the O-Pill, and it hits shelves. Um, I think it's I think it's supposed to hit at the beginning of the year, um, but because it, it was approved in July. So since 2016, at least 29 states have passed legislation to allow pharmacists to prescribe hormonal birth control options without doctors with measures in Rhode Island and New Jersey set to go forth in 2024, allowing people to seek hormonal birth control without the doctor's appointments, right? And in Montana, the law will ensure that health insurance coverage allows people to receive 12-month prescriptions for contraceptives. And in Nevada, which already made contraceptive um, prescriptions available through pharmacies and allows 12-month supplies, it will become illegal for the government to put limits or requirements in places that would block people's access to birth control or reproductive um, health services. You know, I usually don't have anything to say about that because that's more of a women's issue because some young girls take um, birth control to regulate um, their hormones for different different reasons. Yeah, it's not for sex all the time. So us regulating that is not seeing the pain of people who have, like, painful, you know, menstrual cycle kind of stuff. Um, We need to have more compassion for women's issue stuff and reproductive stuff. I think that we don't as a society because of those stories that I've done before about having this low birth rate. (laughs) I think that people want to force people to have kids. And, again, it's only low birth rates in European countries. So I think we see that coming in this country, too, and we're trying to force – they're trying to force Europeans to have more kids and not anybody else. So they just can't say that. So they're saying, everybody, we're going to outlaw abortion. So it's not even – I don't think that it's even a religious thing. I think they're just using religion just to keep their population back up. Yeah. All right. Now, you know, Sears' last remaining store in New York, in the New York area, is shutting down. Right, so I don't know if you there's a Sears store near you, but there's a store in Jersey City that's just over the Hudson River from Manhattan, 
it announced a 70% close uh, off closing sale on, on their Facebook post, ending their 40 years in this mall in um, in Jersey City. Now Sears had 100. I mean, it's 138 years old. Um, it's a department store that's 138 year old, um, and it was the biggest retailer in the U.S. Um, at, you know, at its peak, it was like the biggest seller, and I think it was the biggest retailer in the world. Sears was at some point. So it used to have over 4,000 stores as recently as 2012. Um, if you don't know, Richard Sears began selling watches in, in um, North Redwood, Minnesota. In 1886, and the next year he teamed out with this guy, Alvin Robot, um, to make a catalog business, and they were selling watches and juries, jewelry in Chicago. And so in 1985, Sears launched a credit card business called Discovery. So if you have a Discovery, Discover card, it's because Sears launched it. But they discontinued their, um, their catalogs in 1993. Um, just short of their 100-year anniversary. So Sears is gone by the wayside. And every time I see people talk about Amazon and and Apple, and they're like, they're giants. I'm like, giants have fallen. They fall all the time. They'll be big now, and they may not even be around in another, you know, 50 years. So, yes. Yeah, so the next, next big thing comes out. The next big thing mm-hmm. comes out, they're gone. That works, yep. man. Everybody talking about right. brick and mortar stores are going out of wayside, but hell, that's what Amazon is going back to. Going somewhere right. else, right in the store, picking right up. Brick and mortar ain't going in these days. The other stores should have been smarter, putting that stuff online. E-commodity in and pick it up. And if you order offline, you get a discount on it. The store's going to be a little bit right. cheaper, a little bit more. You should sit in Kmart counting cars because he wanted to compete with how big Kmart was. And now look how big Walmart is, and Kmart and Sears is gone. You know? But, you know, and also, I keep saying this, and I've said it before, people are going to get tired of buying stuff that they can't see because shipping stuff back and be like, this is the wrong size, I'm going to ship this back. Brick and mortar stores are going to come back in a hurry. And Amazon can see this coming, right? Because you have Amazon warehouses of just returned items. So where are they going to sell the returned items? Online? No. Because you're not going to buy a returned item if you can't see if it's any good or not. So they're going to have to have stores. So they're going to end up having all of these. I think most Amazon warehouses has a retail store in it from stuff that was just sent back because the box was damaged or something. And so they'll discount it. So there's something inevitable. You can go online and buy You can go online and buy pallets of it. You know what it is? They call it mystery pallets. You can go online and buy mystery pallets of this Amazon stuff. You don't know what you're going to get. Might get some good stuff. Might get some bad stuff. But you can go online and buy pallets of it. It's real cheap, too. Yeah. And actually, they do a giveaway here that... um, this woman does, and it is packed, I mean, lines that are blocks long, that they just give away random Amazon boxes. They just drop off pallets, and they give it away to people in the community. It, you know what it reminds me of? 
is, uh, again, showing my age, one of those old Charlie Brown specials, the Halloween one, where they were like, I got a candy I got a rock. I got a rock. <laughs> so, whatever. up the box and be like, oh, I got a rock. Everybody's like, look, I got an iPad. I got an iPhone. I got a rock. <laughs> that is going to be cold. Yeah, that's for sure. Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, Delta Airlines almost tripled its profits last year, and its earnings were boasted by its partnership with American Express, despite the firm stripping the perks from loyalty members. So the loyalty programs that they used to have on these airlines, most airlines, I think United took theirs away, but now it looks like Delta is taking theirs away. So the carrier netted $2.04 billion in the fourth quarter of last year. And that's up $828 million from the same year prior. But now the people who have memberships, um, they're saying that they're restricting the stuff that people who pay extra to be like Sky Miles members and stuff, they're taking their perks away. These airlines made $828 billion more than they did last year in one quarter. Uh, and they're crying broke. You know how they raise the airline fares and they're like, oh, the um, gas has gone up. And so they raise the airline fares. They're, they're clearing $2 billion in one quarter. And they act like they broke. That's risky. Of course they are, man. I'm telling you, they're, they're not going to, you know, I'm, I want all the money. I don't care. If I can make an yeah. extra 100, $100 million, just to run up, run you over, that's what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, Everybody, you know, um, they're going to be the only one Yeah, exactly. And I guess, again, I don't think they see that as a problem. Like, we know that it is. It's like, if you are the only one eating, you are end up, you're going to end up being lunch for everybody else who's not eating. I, I, I keep telling folks, you need to look up Bastille Day and why they, you know, yeah, observe France. that in France. Yep. Because Bastille is an armory. And Bastille Day is when the people stormed the armory and was, like, killing rich folks. <laughs> like, they were taking, taking over because the rich folks was like, hey, we good. And they had these, you know, big gates and fences and servants, and people were starving. And these white folks was literally throwing food out the window, and people were starving. So they stormed the Bastille. So they learned their lesson, but apparently we need that to happen before we learn ours, apparently. Now, um, you know, a story I should have did earlier in the show, but you know America quietly grew 400,000 square miles last month, nearly the size of Spain. Yeah. The U.S. Uh, State Department announced last week that America is much larger than it was due to the government claiming that more surrounding ocean floor and territory um, in seven regions has expanded. So when global warming ha- happens, you're exposing more of the Earth's surface. So the United States territory grew 400,000 square miles in one month. That is that is an interesting number. 
All right, so I know we're about yes. to hit the top of the hour, but I just wanted to make sure that I said that. And here, here's an interesting story that, um, you know, um, just came out. Like this congressman, this guy, Jamal Bowman, he wants all 42 million black Americans to get $333,000 in reparations. And he put a bill up on the floor and co-sponsored a bill for the federal government to make restitution for descendants of slaves totaling $40, $14 trillion. Welcome to Black History Month. I got to agree with him. When he's right, he's right. I got to agree with him. When he's right, he's right. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you have it. So, Congressman Jamel Bowman, uh, this Bud's for you, even though we don't drink Bud anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, exactly. That's There sure. <laughs> you go. All right, mm-hmm. so I guess we are close to stop hour, but we'll get together next week and have some more. We'll do some more news. We'll see you next week. All right. Next week. All right, see you next week. All right. Mm-hmm.